Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the, the game too seriously. We are back here in the rugby dungeon. Well, two thirds of us are. JB, what are you doing messing with my headphones? Turn that back up. Sorry, sorry. There you go. Oh dear. I was getting right. So two thirds of us are still here and you've just worked out which two that is. I'm Tim. That is JB. Hello Tim, how are you? Uh, I'm very well. Phil is in Gran Canaria. He is, he's in the fishing port town of... Mogan, which is very nice, actually. Now, just re- let's reel off a list of people who have assumed the position of Phil, the intellectual, thoughtful, um, knowledgeable arm of this unit uh, in the past when Phil hasn't been available. We've had Mark Atkinson. Yes, we have. We've had uh, Tom Cruise. We have had Tom Cruise. We've had Ed Slater. Ed Slater, yep. Um, there must be more as well. Did Beaumont hang about? Or did yes, he go? Josh Beaumont for a bit. Yep. Byron McGuigan. Uh, yep, loves it. So... It's Carl Ferns, done it? Carl Ferns as well. Yep. So the the, the, in- the philosopher warrior. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. So the individual uh, assuming that role today is in esteemed company, and yet has taken it to another level. Hasn't he just? Uh, Jamal Ford Robinson. How you doing? Have I taken it to another level? Oh, completely different level, mate. Another level. Yeah. Different level. You, All right, I'll take it. Do you know we actually had to tell Richie uh, uh, Richie Umanga today that he wasn't needed. He said, "No, you can't come on, mate. Jamal's on." That's that's big, you know. Yeah, exactly. there's, there's no coming back from that. No. Well, you know, because the others are just rugby players, whereas you're a rugby player, retired wrestler, and and modern day streamer. Yeah. Well, we don't I'll know. T- yeah. He's not necessarily just a retired wrestler. He's a wrestler on a re- on a career break. You mm. well, could well come back. It, undisputed, it, uh, undefeated, champion, one and zero. <laughs> it's not over. <laughs> it's just begun, if anything. Do you still have your spandex in the wardrobe somewhere? I actually don't. I'll have to get some new, uh, some new lycra. But I, I'm, I'm, I think I've got knee pads somewhere. Actually, nice. It is. They're always ready to go. And yeah, and um, we must be stopping you. We're very grateful for having you on the podcast, but we must be stopping you from. I don't know. Uh, nailing some League of Legends. Tw- I was going to say, what is it, League of Legends? Overwatch, yeah. Warhammer, yeah, well, something. The, <laughs> it's, it's the new league season started a couple of days ago, so I'm on that on the grind. You know, is that right? Um, yeah. Like, how much yeah, grinding like, is there to be done? Roughly, how how much time well, does it take? Oh, many many hours. Really? Because, but yeah, I mean, it's it goes until like November, I think, and obviously it's just about how how far up the rank ladder you can get in that time. So, what are you what are you better at? Professional rugby, or what? I don't know what how professional. Um, League of Legends is for you at the minute. Where where do you rank? What's going on? Oh no, no, I'm nowhere near pro at League of Legends. 
How but much... I, I, I back myself. I'm, I'm gold. Ah. So, like, the worst you can be is iron, then there's bronze, then there's silver, and then there's gold. So, like, I'm not too bad. Yeah, so, like, championship level. Mm, maybe, like, nat three. Nat three. That's still pretty good. Nat could... three is no joke. But... Is it If you dedicated yourself to it, do you think you could turn become pro? I'd, I'd back myself. I think I'd back myself. Maybe like, um, oh. you know, like those guys that are like mid 30s still getting a decent paycheck in that one. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we reckon know. that's where I'm at. So, I mean, that's got, well, that, that could, maybe rugby's holding you back, Jamal. It is in all aspects of my life, to be honest. But, <laughs> you know, it pays the bills at this point, so... Well, well, since we got you on, let's let's get some instant reaction to a famous win, a first in I think thirteen years for Gloucester away at Saracens. I mean, that's the most remarkable thing that they managed to win without your good self. I know. I, I'm kind of don't know if that's a good thing. I, I'm you know I'm tucked away in the house and they get a win at Saracens away. It's not good, is it? Yeah, it's well, it's impressive stuff. I mean, the things that that team are doing now. I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest. I didn't think Gloucester were going to do anything this year. I thought they were good, but I thought everyone else was better. Yeah, I, I, that's what I want to know from you, Jamal. Is was there a moment when you felt things change, or or is this, or, or did it just suddenly click? But you've been doing the same thing all the way through. How's it? What, what's what's the story from your perspective? Hmm. Um. I mean, we we are very, without sounding too cliche, we're like very much process driven um, in that, you know, with the history of Gloucester, you can never really get too far ahead of yourself, right? So we kind of just attack each weekend as it comes. Um, and I suppose, I suppose like, in reality, the the game on the weekend, like we're, obviously we've been top four there or thereabouts, like since near the beginning of the season. But I think in reality, a game like like that one against Saracens and getting that win away is probably one that does kind of say, okay, yeah, we're actually we are here to to take part. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so I, it, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, when that that kind of that that kind of mindset shifts well, um, but i do think that is uh, as as a few people said it is a bit of a, a statement game for us 100% uh, why is the mall mall so good uh, what do you do in training which why why is it different at gloucester than it is say anywhere else cuz we spend so much time on it do you really that, yeah yeah so we did a lot of it in pre-season yeah um and 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 there's various drills which I thought at the at the beginning were just like crazy, some of the, you know Skib's ideas on mauling, um, but we we backed them and as it turns out they worked really well. Um, obviously, I can't tell you the secrets. No, no, you know? no not until like... we're a few years down the line and we've won everything. As like, oh well, this is what we did, but like, but besides the the, the drills, we do like a lot of it. Um, no, it's not always like flat out. It can be technique, but like most days there is something on there to keep topping it up, keeping it fresh. Um, so there is always a focus. We're not, we're not getting complacent around it. And are you changing it throughout the season? Is, is what you did in pre-season basically the same thing as you are doing now? You're just doing it better? Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we don't. Um, I think once or twice we've we've tried like a, a shift drive type thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's the same as what we've been practicing the whole time. Um, but you know, we're just because I suppose because we've been doing the same thing for the whole time, like we know what we're doing and mm-hmm. and we just commit to it. It's, it's kind of like um, I, I remember talking to someone about it before, and it's like kind of like you know, like old school Leicester. Um, not saying that they're, they're not good now because they're breaking up, but I'm talking like old yeah, school yeah, Leicester, yeah. where it's like you just knew look, they could tell you where they were going up, and like you just good luck defending it and kind of like what Exeter did, you know, and have been doing for the last couple of years is, you know, they, they'd always have that kind of double bump to the front, um, never really sell the dummies in the line out. And then you just knew that you had to deal with them all. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's it is a beautiful coming. thing. Yeah. And do you know what I really love about it is, is how much the Gloucester fans will love it. Cause you, you were talking about, you know, you can never take things for granted when you're, you're at a club like Gloucester, when you look at the history um, where, where that, you know, it, they can bounce around up and down the table and whatnot. But one thing I always think about when I think of Gloucester are the eras of guys like Pete Buxton and Christian Califano and Olivier Azam. Horrible, yeah. horrible human, like lovely blokes, horrible human beings on a rugby field. And there's something so brilliant about the fact like you are. I think Lewis Ludlow, for me, Jamal, just typifies this like so polite, articulate, lovely bloke. Nasty, nasty piece of work on a rugby field. <laughs> Yeah, he really is, and 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 I think like that kind of uh, he kind of epitomizes—is that the word? Yeah, yeah. It is the kind of the thing that we're, we're trying to go for in that, like the way you know, like a lot of questions were raised when he was was named captain at the start of the season, right? And there's people like, well, why uh, this guy doesn't really have a solid position, and even in the team, why is he being named captain? But obviously, we all knew behind the scenes, like how much work he gets through the, the leadership that he has and, and, and his influence kind of passes down all the way through the team and that, yeah, we're, we're not doing this whole like stay humble thing on Twitter, but you know, like we're not trying to do anything flashy, but when it comes to being on the pitch with, you know, our game plan isn't crazy. I'm sure like if you looked at a few games, you'd be able to work out, what we're trying to do yeah um which is more exactly <laughs> uh, for the most part but like but we're just ruthless in in the way that we do it yeah and it, it makes me love rugby again this is the sort of stuff which i absolutely love but here's the exciting bit as well you've got that rock solid foundation but the personnel that they've got out of the backs who are playing their part in this system at the moment but you can see the pathway to being able to do other things in other ways and, and <laughs> devastate. That's what is so exciting and fr- should be frightening for other teams. Yeah, I think that that's something that we faced um, throughout the season that like as as our mall has got better, teams are defending it differently. Um, you know, whether they're um, choosing to kind of swim around this, you know, like grab on someone and, and come around the back of the mall and stop it that way or trying to sack it. Um, or they just pile like everyone into it. Um, which makes it hard to go forward. But then yeah, the, the beauty that we've got at the moment is our backline isn't short of a few stars either. So if they want to fully commit to defending them all, then we'll just, you know, Hasto will put in a crossfield kick or 
give it to Zam and he'll just run or you know we've, we've got you've got options. other options oh this is exactly yeah. the principle that Rob Baxter speaks of which is you can stop our mall if you want I mean there is ways to stop it but then we'll score around, you know we'll score score around you there you go exactly he'll get his wand out and put someone through a hole or something yeah Sure. What, 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 how does it compare the, the the feeling within the group at the minute? Because again, not many teams go to Saracens and win, and for that, our Gloucester team hasn't gone there in over a decade and done it. How does it feel, be it just being part of the group day to day? Do you sense that this is this is different and a bit a bit unusually good in all aspects? Um, yes and no. I say yes because you know when you're. It doesn't really hit home until you, until you like maybe load up, you know, one of the tables online, and you're like, "Oh, we are actually quite high up, and our win rate is quite good." But like in general, like most of the time when you're just around the ground, like we honestly, we like we never even mention that kind of stuff. You know, like, like I said, we are very much just kind of going weekend to weekend, and so, so it, it seems like you know a consistent theme when when there's. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when there's there is something going good, you never really notice it until at the end, you know. Mm. Um, well, and I guess particularly in this league, as we've seen this weekend, as much as any weekend, um, you're only a week away from things. The picture looking very different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, well, yeah, and that's one of the things that we're like, obviously <laughs> conscious of, right? Is that even at the moment we're what sat in fourth, I think it is, but you know we're by no means like created any separation. There's still a few teams underneath that, you know, a few rogue results and it's like, like we're back in straight back into where we were fighting the last couple of seasons. So that that's part of the not being complacent thing is we just got to always stay on top of it. And, and that's what all, all teams are doing really. You know, I don't think any, any team is old school enough to think that they can rest on their laurels. They always got to keep maintaining, you know, keep sharpening the tools. Well, um, well this it just happens to be working well for us. This is the most I've ever heard you talk about rugby in my entire entire <laughs> life. So let so let, so let's keep it going and let's and, and let's do some news. Oh no, can you not tell how uncomfortable I feel? <laughs> about this? All right, well, so we've got to acknowledge JB that um, Bath won a game of rugby. Yeah, I mean, this, is this globally important? And, and I would say so. Yeah, yeah they did. did, Jamal. They did. And Leicester, oh. Leicester lost a game of rugby. Do you know which? Oh, I did see that. Do you know which streak is longer? That's a great question. It's got to be Bath's losing streak is longer. Incorrect, actually. By yeah. by six days. So Bath's last win was 211 days ago. Wow. Um, and Leicester's last loss was 217 days ago. That's Those are some good stats, Tim. The streaks are dead. The wreck is now a fortress. Bath are unbeaten there in 2022. And, uh, yeah, Leicester's found their nemesis. It's Jimmy Gopeth. So so much so he's their nemesis. They're they're going to sign him for next season. Yeah. So this is the this is the rumor, isn't it? Is that, that confirmed? It sounds. Well, so is no, the paper? I don't believe so. It's it's been yeah, it's been talked about in the rugby paper. So um, it sounds it, like a good it's signing. out there now. Yeah. I mean, I think that works for everyone, doesn't it? Jimmy Gopeth is a rock at Wasps, but they've got two really good young lads coming through, and it sounds like Leicester could do with a bit of backup because Pollard's going to be gone with South Africa for God knows how long, and Gopeth is pretty good. Gopeth is really good, actually. So, isn't um the one that, isn't one of the Burns brothers there? Uh, yes, Freddie Freddie Burns is yeah. I, I like that is they're he going. They got still go, there or? He, uh, well, I know he's transitioning into coaching, so maybe this is, is that right? Yeah, did not know. That. Oh, sorry, who? Sorry, Burns Freddie Burns. Oh no no no, 
Sorry, I'm. I was jumping ahead of myself in my head, and I was gonna. I was. Th- I was thinking in my head as I was speaking of something completely different. I was thinking in my head. Isn't it interesting? They've got Wigglesworth and Gopeth, like two of the oldest still playing oh. players in the league. What mm. those boys don't know between them isn't worth knowing. Yeah. So I say with those two streaks coming to an end, get a bet on Ireland getting past the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals because anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, tell me, do the Gloucester boys miss um, not having a West Country rival? Uh, do I engage in that? What do you mean? Go on. Yeah, I mean, you know, expand. Well, I mean, <laughs> Bristol aren't much to write home about. I, I don't. I'm not even sure you'll notice Bath and anymore. I mean, those used to be really good games, but now you just go over and spank them by forty points. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I just think like it must be. It, it, you know, traditional rivalries are nice, and it's not. It's not good to lose one. Yeah, I, I, I've been on the end of a, of a few beatings in in rivalries I, I i mean i don't know they i mean i know you're only playing about but you know they'll see by no means um easy games like, you know like the 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 bath game was was hyped up big time oh um, yeah the, i was there for that one and yeah. both teams it, it felt it felt special this is this is one this is one fantastic part about where rugby's got to jamal that you need to watch what you say on a, uh, on, a on a podcast but i also really regret the fact you have to really watch what no, you say he does have to, you no. can't engage in what would clearly be a bit of banter no he can't do this and i'll tell you why i've no. done it i've done it at level eight right and it's come back to haunt me Level yeah. eight? How's that work? Well, Go on. I, uh, I, oh, is this when you mentioned about Blackburn or something? Yeah, was I, I was. I mocked Oldham on online, and they battered us for it. And they absolutely battered us. So, it and did they work. mention it during the game? Yeah, damn right they did. Stick, stick, stick to podcasting, smack. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you just don't do it. Don't give. Don't do the team talk for the other team. But yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, Carl Ferns did quite a good job of that the other week. Yes, he did, didn't he? And uh, they did mm. get a bit, a bit of a hiding. So yeah, Gopeth has won to Tigers. The other bit of news which we mentioned last week was... Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd leaving. That sounds like it's going to be confirmed this week now. Yeah, it still hasn't been confirmed, but it's been reported elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think his contract's up and he'll be returning to New Zealand. But Any any talk of a replacement? Not yet. Well, I think they're going to replace from inside the camp. I think they really like Vesti. I I can see why they would, Mm. actually. And because it's not a fa- uh, not a firing, it's Boyd leaving. I think they want Boyd involved in the club, but in a different role, maybe some sort of consultant type role. Which means Chris Boyd has probably got the most remarkable streak in all of rugby, which is he's not been fired in twenty something years. That's wow, good going! Yeah, never been fired as a professional uh, coach. Other bits of news: um, Fekitoa rumored to be going to Munster. That's a good signing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a weird one, isn't he? Because. You kind of think when you pick up an All Black who has been out of the All Black for so long and then he's been to Lon and he washes up at France, you kind of think he might be on his last legs. But then for him to do what he did at Wasps, he's basically reinvented himself from being one of the most awesome attacking players on the planet to an incredible defender. Uh, so for Munster to want him, it just shows you know, he's, he, he's still very relevant. Well, the assumption is that Damien Diolande will be off to where we don't know yet. For a lot of money, I and imagine. via Fafita also leaving Wasps to go to Scarlets. Hang on, is via Fafita at Wasps? Yeah, you got the you got the right one there. Isn't it the guy from the Hurricanes going to Scarlets? Oh, okay, different Fafita. Yeah, there. it is a different okay, Fafita. Fine. So Fafita is staying at Wasps. It's the I'm, I'm sure he's the centre. The one okay, that, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, I just read the name Fafita and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I, I did exactly the same thing midweek. I forgot about the other one. 
Um, yes, there you go. So that's that's all the, the news. Oh, no, no, the other bit of news, um, the big bit of news potentially is the Six Nations is only a few weeks away and yeah. the games could... Well, we don't know what's going to happen to them. They could either be played in front of no crowds or they could be played in in England. What, how do you feel, JB? You're you're a Welshman. No, nominally. North, North Walian. Yeah. Wales playing their Six Nation games in England, not because of a stadium reconstruction, but because of a political decision. That, I think that must smart. That must really hurt. I, I love it. I mean, I love sticking it to Drakeford. I think he's, a, he's an awful human. And, you know, <laughs> losing the Six Nations games... I mean, maybe this will wake up the Welsh public to exactly what's going on. But you know, why, like, why not? You know, if take if they're going to have to, if they're going to stick to these rules, which means Wales can only have what five hundred people in the stadium or five thousand. Yeah. So what could happen on the opening weekend of the Six Nations at the moment, the fifth of February? So yeah, four weeks this weekend is Scotland can play their game against England in front of five hundred people in Edinburgh. Yeah. Wales could play their game against Ireland. Ireland could play Wales in front of 5,000 people in Dublin yep. and France play Italy in front of 5,000 people. Amazing, isn't A it? combined attendance of 20,500 for the opening weekend of the I, Six Nations. I mean, what do they think they are doing? I do not know. No, hold on. 10,500. Yeah. So, uh, if I was in... If I, was in if, if I owned an English stadium now, I'd be rubbing my hands with joy. Uh, because I think that both Scotland and Wales should move their games, and Ireland actually, to, to England. And actually, everyone can enjoy the um, in, uh, enjoy the to- the tournament. Then, uh, yeah, it's, it's madness. It's just madness. For you, five hundred, five hundred, mate. Yeah, five hundred. What's the point? Yeah, there is no point. And, and who do they choose? Who the five hundred? How do you choose who the five hundred are? Well, I think it is whoever's got the most a fight to the va- death. Well, it's vaccinations, mate. Whoever's got the most vaccinations and the most recently vaccinated. <laughs> so five vaccinations, I think you get in automatically, don't, don't don't you? And then and then it's a death match. You could probably see through the stadium if you got five vaccinations. Yeah, <laughs> just stand outside. I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I saw this. Yeah, so it's absolute. I mean. You're a player, Jamal, and you played with no crowd and with a crowd. Uh, I don't know what you can or would want to say about this situation for the, with the Six Nations, but from from a fan's perspective, this is just this is a nightmare. Yeah, it's a disaster. Financial yeah, situation. Mean, it's a, a massive disaster for unions that need the cash as well. I mean, I, look, there's 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 many things at play here that I don't even want to, you know, get my head around. Um, I'm definitely in no position to be making calls on yeah. <laughs> attendances and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. It just, there must be a, a better way than putting it on in front of 500 people. Yeah. I, I think the problem is, particularly for Wales, well, everyone who's restricting people, like you can't say, yeah, the international team, it's a bit like the Djokovic, Djokovic case. You can't say to the international team, yeah, you're really good and therefore you can have crowds. Yeah, Aberavon or someone, no, you, you, you can't have a crowd. You, you can't have 50 people stand, stand, standing, around, standing around the field. You don't, I don't like the one rule for one and another rule for The funniest one was Chester mm. Football Club, did you see that? Yeah. Where, where, where they said they demanded they didn't have a crowd because one of the stands... Is in Wales. Is in Wales, technically. <laughs> Unreal. That's good. Yeah, I'd, I'd just fill it up. Fine. I'll tell you, let me change subject to something you can probably uh, talk about. There's a, there's a cool little video going around of Demba Bamba, who during during his top 14 game this weekend, 
he, uh, he he got into a tackle where his shirt was ripped off and he had his shirt hanging from one arm and the game was still playing and he carried on. He looked in good nick. He is in good nick. How self-conscious would you feel or how much would you not care if that happened to you and you had to spend a minute and a half of a rugby game running around topless? Have you seen any of the TikToks that I did during the first lockdown? Yes. Yes. Do you think I would care at all? No. No, actually, you make that's <laughs> a fair point. And also, as a prop, I have been in Jamal's presence when people have asked him, where, where do you play? And then they volunteered the answer, centre. So, you know, not really... It's not as if he's uh, Weenie Antonio. No, this is true. But and, and, I, and I'm I'm not talking about the shape you're in at all. He's also not very, not small, JB. Yeah, true, true. And there and there are some guys that <laughs> well, are shredded. Well, I tell you what, one of the old tricks used to be when you were scrimmaging on the bind, pull up like pull up the shirt because a lot of props can get quite self conscious, particularly at, like you know my level. Just pull up the shirt, get the derby out. It's and a power then, move. Yeah, isn't it? absolutely power. Have move. you ever, so done, have you ever done that as a power move? Does, does it? Yeah, yeah. I can think of one person in particular who it's very effective on. Go on, names. <laughs> I, I refuse to name who it is, but he is a tight head who's been at Leicester. Uh, oh. <laughs> nice, nice. Contact takechases at gmail.com, please, with your guesses on who Jamal could be talking about there. Hey, just there, before... there's, a, there's a thing at the club known as a mudguard, which is uh, it's basically a, a, an undershirt. But yeah, it's called the mud guard of Boston. <laughs> I like that. Um, now, yeah, actually, can we just revisit last week's podcast very briefly? Did you get the audio which I sent you? So somebody very kindly um, got in touch with us and ex-Exeter Chief to tell us about the origins of the cock tap. Oh, yes. Because the cock tap... The cock tap appeared to have made a slight renaissance yes. last weekend. And uh, we well, we were talking about the origin of the cock tap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we'll keep the person nameless, I guess, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we will. But yeah, they've they've filled in some of the information on how the cock tap, ca- ca- cock tap came to be, where it came from, and one of the one of the guy, what the genesis behind it was James Skaysbrook. Yeah, of, of all people, um, because he was he was the very first Premiership player to join the Exeter Chiefs. So. Yeah. So are you aware of the cock tap, Jamal? I am aware of it, yeah. Right, okay. So Skaysbrook shows up at Exeter, and they've also got a bunch of Royal Marines there. And the idea is that you know, in Royal Marine parlance, whatever you do, we we will do better. So you um, you you tap on the bum, fine, we'll tap on the dick. A- absolutely fine. You're going to <laughs> uh, Tenerife, we'll go to Eleventh. We are going to be better at everything that we do here. And then it just escalated from um, escalated from that. So I was so the official line is it's for it was it was for a charity doesn't sound like that's true at all no that was not, not true. At all true. That, that was just kai horseman <laughs> spinning you a yarn and keeping yeah. keeping the uh the truth secret and between his brethren but it was actually well, just... you can't question it if it's for a charity no you well, can't well, it's exactly. a good out uh, they should have made it a mental health char- char- charity it'd be untouchable they'd still be doing it now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but um so exeter only had one opportunity to uh to do the cock tap. No, two, they scored two tries at the weekend, didn't they? Uh, I mean, can, yes, can I just say on that game, it was one of the best low-scoring matches I've seen in a long, long time. Who needs tries? I mean, who needs tries? You've made a great point there, which is you don't need 40 or 50 points per game. What you need is tension and physicality. And this had both, 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 both of those things. 
How much do, like, generally speaking, rugby players watch the other games, Jamal? Because I, I, I can imagine there are some total noises that will just mm. watch it all. But then I can imagine you're going, oh, I'll, just, I'll get on some League of Legends. I'm... Yeah, it, it varies massively. Um, I think the majority don't watch a whole lot. Um, that like, if there's nothing else on, it might go on. Mm. But I think the majority don't 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 bother with it because it's you know it, it's your life. Yeah, every other waking minute. Um, but yeah, there are a few that absolutely won't miss a game. You know, any games that aren't televised, they'll get onto you know huddle or whatever thing that clubs got sent up that's got all the game reviews and get on there and watch everything on there and yeah it's if you, not for me that life no. if you were going to have if you're going to enter one of your teammates now into a rugby quiz who is the most rugby nausy player at Freddie Boston? Clark really Freddie Clark without a doubt All right he's on my list he, he is a super fan playing rugby that that's literally oh, I love it. that is him see Freddie Clark might have the best life out of everyone now because, you know, a lot of you are like, yeah, pays the bills, fine. Freddie Clark's living his best life. He, he couldn't be any happier. Yeah, he's gone from competition winner to <laughs> leader of the Gloucester Pack. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's brilliant. I like Freddie Clark a lot. I think he's a great player. Not, he's not a second row, though, is he? Uh, not built like one. He's no. been playing it a lot. I feel, I feel like he's probably... Built more like a six, right? I'd say so. I think I, th- I think he's a I think he's a very very good carrier, powerful man. Hmm. Mm. His actually he he's a funny one because his um when he said about powerful because he has got like one of the worst rigs in <laughs> rugby union. Like it's just horrible. If you ever he's a bloke. You ever he's not afraid to to you know flaunt it, but he is disgusted. Um, but. He's stupidly powerful. His uh, his CMJ, like just a counter movement jump, vertical jump in yeah. the gym, is like I think it's like one of the best of the team. Maybe is it or something? And like you just looking like where where's this come from? Where's his power come from? Because you look shows. like you've just swallowed a bag of custard. So <laughs> he, he's yeah, he's he is a powerful guy. Wow, who 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 does have the best vertical jump? I'd imagine that'd be like a Johnny May character. I, do, I, I never, we never gym at the backs, so I'm sure there's some big scores in the backs. But I know in the in, in the forwards, it's normally between him and uh, Lutz. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, I like that. And who would be? And this, I mean, this we've just gone past the time. Yeah, the, the thing that makes me think of Christmas um, in years gone by is sitting down watching World's Strongest Man with my brother and and my dad, and uh, loved it this year. But who would uh, who would get on? Who would get furthest out of Gloucester in a world's strongest man type scenario? Carrill. No, oh, of course, surely, yeah. surely, oh, yeah. surely. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know who it would be in Harlequins? Well, Adam Bishop. He's no, he actually, no, no, he's not. No. He's not there now. No, he's... So Adam Bishop. This is Adam B- of the players, and the reason I say this is because Adam Bishop said this. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Uh, Harlequins, world's strongest man. Uh, Will Collier. Apparently, Dino Lamb. Really, Dino Lamb is the is the most natural strongman of the Quins, according to a man who knows about strongmen. I would not have called that, but I wouldn't have called Freddie Clark as being having oh, being he freak, watch... freakishly powerful for his for his rig and size. Oh, you need to watch more rugby, Sib. Clearly. <laughs> so let's so let's talk about extra uh, Harlequins because it was an, an awesome game. Oh, it was immense. I loved it. And what well, Jamal might not. Have much, much to contribute, but that's that's fine. Yeah, this, this is where I go quiet while you're talking about all the games that happened. Yeah, uh, it, 
it was no awesome. Idea. The, oh, I mean, I don't know really. Were extra and un, uh, yes. un, unlucky? Yeah. Well, I, well, on the one hand, uh, Quinn's left three or four tries out there. Exactly. Tyrone Green had a unusually off day with particularly with his final pass but he's lucky that he's in a team with Marcus Smith and Andre Esterhazen to get him out of jail but they they managed to again I felt I felt I I have no team I have no uh, allegiance I've got a real soft spot for London Irish Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I couldn't help but feel really sorry for Exeter at the end of this one yeah I'm not sure where I stand on this I I do think they yeah they, they weren't unlucky because Quinns, if they if, if Quinns came away with a, with a loss, you'd look at those tries which they squandered and say, yeah, actually it was Quinns they're unlucky. So Quinns hundred percent deserve to win this. What it tells me is that Extra is still a serious team, a very serious team. That said, I think their top four chances now uh, they're not looking great. They're really not looking great. So of all the teams that we predicted to make top four, uh, I'm pretty sure that what three of them are, will be nowhere near it. Sale will, will be nowhere near it. I don't think Exeter will make it, and Bristol are, well, not great. Well, on following our tips for this weekend, Trevor Morgan's emailed contacttechchasers at gmail.com, said, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Uh, first time, he says, it was the first time I have ever betted. And he's, <laughs> he's highlighted the word ever. So the Hang first on. time he's ever betted. Can we, can we just find out which betting company it was so we can finally get lots of money from a betting company? Well, yeah, we should. Uh, yeah. I followed your predictions. Therefore, I got every game wrong. Uh, I won't do that again. What a weekend of upsets. Thanks so much for the pods. Uh, I'm in, hosp- in hospital tomorrow for a knee op, uh, and I'm looking forward to listening whilst off my face on morphine. That is actually the prescribed way yeah, it is. of listening if you, if you have the choice. Yeah, it is. So all the best with your op, Trevor. Sorry about the uh, predictions, but there you go. Um, Jamal, you've used the phrase, uh, we back ourselves a few times. Have you ever literally backed yourself? Because I think you're allowed to. You're allowed to bet Ooh, on your own team. No, that... I don't think you are. No, you're, no not. you're not. No betting at, at any level on anything. Yeah, well, is, is that just rugby or is it football? Everything. I don't know. Let's get Rob Howley on I, and find out. I yeah. think it's just. I think it's just rugby, right? I don't know. Do you know if I, if my job depended on it, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on anything just in case. At yeah, all. I, I, I'm too tight. I don't like losing money, so I don't bet. But. I think I, I'm pretty sure you can bet on other sports. It's just not rugby. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, just don't do it. I still don't know why you can't bet like outside of your league, though. Like, surely I'd be allowed to bet on like Super Rugby if I wanted to. What yeah. influence am I going to have on that? Yeah, or different codes. Like, why can't I, why can't you um, bet on like rugby league or something? I mean, it's kind of. But even in your even in his, in his own code, so you, you wouldn't be you're not allowed to bet on the Six Nations coming up, for example. Yeah, nothing. Not we get right. we get like an RPA presentation every year, and it's basically no betting of any rugby union. Um, so maybe rugby league. I, I'm not sure because, but I, it's basically yeah. like yeah, don't don't bet on rugby. Well, it goes further than that. It's like you're not really allowed to tell anyone what the teams are because that information could distort betting markets. And you know, if someone asks you, you know, who's playing, don't say anything. And this is serious business, you know, because a lot of pro teams in you know, a lot of pro teams will find people in ho- in hotel lobbies who are just looking for team updates just to see if they can move um, uh, move markets or give information to the right people. Don't, don't too much. Always yeah. bet response. I was going to say don't bet, and well, and, no, until, until a sponsor comes and pays us, yeah, yeah, to don't tell us, I'll say until, don't bet until someone sponsors us. And in then which I'll case, go for it. Then I will definitely advocate. Securitize it. your house. 
And you, you mentioned the RPA actually, and that 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 just got me thinking about um, what you're actively doing, if anything, for life beyond rugby, because it, it's something that I imagine, particularly with the squeeze on the salary cap, there's a lot more guys giving a lot more thought to than they probably ever have. Yeah, my I don't really have any. There's nothing that's really taken my fancy um, post rugby right now. So I'm kind of in the phase. It's a typical phase when when you get to play sport at a decent level. It's it's just network. Mm. So you just speak to as many people as possible, get real cozy with the sponsors, that kind of thing. And then uh, when when the bridge when you when you meet the bridge, then hopefully there's something there that takes your interest. Um, the only thing that I, I think I've probably tried, which was uh, last year that I wouldn't mind doing is like the, the coaching of the esports thing. That's um, cool. Because that's like the, 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 the money that's in esports, e- even at the moment is, is like probably bigger than rugby already, but the, the kind of standard of professionalism is like nowhere near. It's kind of like comparing rugby to football, right? Yeah. 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 And then rugby down to esports. So I'm, I, my my kind of thinking is if I can get in now and be like this this guru, you know, an agent, then... an agent for esport players. They're, they're they're things. They are things. I can't. I've got a friend who's um who's gone in with an agency to head up their esports wing. Really? So that to me mm. is such like I don't know. There's something about that which I can't really get my head around because I understand that you might need an agent, although I don't think. Premiership rugby players do for the most part anymore, um, and you know that agent knows directors of rugby. But in esport, you just enter competitions, surely. Yeah, but no, but <laughs> what what you pay someone for is to negotiate the um, the sponsor the sponsors. Oh, yeah, you so you take all that off your plate. So all you got to do is thinking about playing your game. But you get the commercial deals yeah. sorted. You get the appearances, um, and all of that sorted out. Some almost someone to manage your time. And, and yeah. manage and manage your manage the income. Your commercial deals are, mm. are a different thing. I, you know, I think if I'm a, if I was a rugby player now, I'd sign a commercial agent that would no one can touch my rugby money. That is my that is my rugby money. And the reason I say that, particularly if you're an England player, you've got thirteen you've got thirteen potential employers. They all know about you because you know you're English based and you're English. And unless you want to go to France or somewhere else, what on earth do you need an agent for? And I'm going to throw this at you, Jamal. I think rugby doesn't use sometimes sometimes what it actually has as assets and there's a few guys like yourself who spend a lot of time online and have different communities and worlds that you operate in and rugby doesn't ever seem to leverage that it just seems to do the the old-fashioned things in the old-fashioned ways it always does yeah yeah i'd agree with that um i think we are a bit behind the curve on you know picking up on rugby players individual personalities or, or the, their interests and exploiting them for want of a better word. But then, I don't know, I suppose there's also the issue of, you know, the potential audience that that would attract, you know, be, you, you look at like a football player that I'm going to just, I don't want to keep battering the esports thing, but you look at like the uh, football player. So like Dele Alli, who's obviously massive, massively known football player, but also has an interest in, in gaming. And so, he uh, is like an ambassador for an esports company called XL that I know of that are based at, at Twickenham. Um, so they're, they're kind of a bit quicker to 
pick up on those things, but then they have a massive audience as they are. Whereas I'm not sure there's, there's probably only a select few in rugby that by themselves have a big enough reach to, to warrant some sort of big sponsorship thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, but I guess my, the broader point is the one thing rugby has possibly over any sport is, and you'll know this from your, your one changing room, but then you've got that replicated 13 times around the country and in clubs at lower levels and in other countries you've just got a bunch of guys who are genuinely interesting genuinely engaging funny with interesting unusual stories to tell massive and brave huge and brave (laughs) and um, look great with their tops off and we never we don't tell those stories nearly enough no I think it is one of those things that's that's untapped I suppose it's kind of Maybe it's the fact that we're, you know, still not making that transition, but, you know, as a, as a sport, it hasn't been professional for as long as other things like football. So there's still things that are like to come down the line or there's still the, the you know, we still get not hung up, but, you know, there's still the whole be sportsmanlike and the codes of rugby and, and maintaining values and all that. And that kind of might restrict those kind of personalities and, and that kind of thing being put out there because it's, you know, we're all just, uh, I suppose we're still kind of just like robots at this yeah. point. You know? I get, and I can say from a broadcaster's perspective, there's a lot of things we used to do um, and have the ability to try and do that, that we can't do now because of the restrictions on, but we have to stand opposite someone at a two metre distance. The, yeah. And there's only so much you can't, you can't really break down when, when you're in that robotic type of, because of scenario. the, uh, yeah, because of the, uh, unknown virus of unspecified origin. Quite exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, that that's not my phrase. I'm going to credit to uh, the critical uh, drinker YouTube ch- channel. There, that is his phrase. Before anyone else pick, picks me up on that, uh, let's talk some more rugby because we are not talking enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just. I, I don't know if I was going to say. I cut you off. I don't know if you wanted to say more on the the Queens Exeter game. I, I I felt heartbroken for Exeter. I think they can take a, a massive amount from it, but. Harlequins just. I, I was thinking they're about. Good, I was thi- yeah, I was thinking that they're, they're they're genuinely good. But I was I was thinking about this. It's only this time last year that it suddenly clicked. Yeah, which is why I would just you look around the the league and nothing is done for yet. Leicester have been absolutely awesome, but things can change. I hate to say this. I really hate saying this, but is it just belief? Because like one or you know, man for man, they're not that much better, if at all, better than Exeter. And you look at Gloucester as well. We need to go. In fact, if you look at any matchup in the Premiership now, it is so hard to work out uh, what the best fifteen is from those two teams because they're, in most cases, so well matched up. Um, so, is it just the belief thing in Harlequins? Everyone just bought into it, and that's why they're good. They believe they're good, and therefore they are good. It certainly sounded like from what Jamal was saying about being at Gloucester is. It, it, oh, you, you, there isn't a moment or there isn't a time or a thing it's just a, a chemistry that's yeah. in the air and an energy that's that's in the air and it just just happens and just whilst we've just got Harlequins at, at the moment where do we rate Esther Hazen in terms of the most valuable prem, pre, premiership player do you think he's like a top five guy now I think so I would say so who who are your top five most valuable pre, premiership players uh Andre Esterhazen. Andre Esterhazen's definitely there. He so, uh, makes such a difference to that team. Um, Ford? 
I think debut is to Exeter's right up yeah, there because he, he Exeter that's the first game they've lost with him since February is that right great start uh, or maybe not February uh, <laughs> yeah it might be February last year yeah it could be it was, it's a long time since Exeter lost with Dave Ewers oh no well, can that be right did he play no he missed the semi-final I final. think he uh, missed the semi yeah anyway mm. um, it's a long Smith. time Marcus Smith it's got to be hasn't he well they it's can't sh- surely yeah but you know, I think I could play 10 for Harlequins with Danny Kerr and <laughs> I think I think we all, all three of us would do a really really decent job. <laughs> that last two minutes, the the step, the the pass to get um, Murley down the left, yeah, and then to just sit back in the pocket and do that crossfield kick. That was cool. Wasn't the, it? the guy is just outrageous. Murley's the guy you know that people don't talk enough about. He's so good. Yeah, he's he's not top five influential. No, though. he's definitely not that. Um, uh, I think George Ford. And the other, well, the teams that are really good are basically uh, Ford. Sorry, Ford Robinson is what I meant to say, not George Ford. Um, yeah, could could so. could Chris Harris be that guy? Ooh. Oh no, you've got other. No, there's other guys that can step in. He's just, I don't know. He, I don't know. He he does. He, he changes does, the like, feeling of a team, defense, doesn't he? Backline. He is. He, he does bring something special. Yeah. Well, the fact that he defends like nobody else. He's he's a bizarre yeah. defender. So if you watch him, he gets in all these positions which he shouldn't really be in, but he's remarkably effective, which is why he can intercept or make ma- you know massive hits. He seems to understand what attacks are doing before the attack understands. Yeah, uh, maybe that maybe that says something about Gloucester that we we would struggle to put a name in there. Well, that, this that, is this would be my point actually. Yeah, that might be the like, point. The star players. If you take the top three teams, Leicester, uh, look at Gloucester. You look at um, Saracens. Saracens. I mean, the Saracens are a great example. Their club captain, I think he's club captain, and star flyhalf has not played pretty much all season, and they're absolutely fine. Like the best teams are built around the team rather than the individual. So I was thinking this earlier when you when you're talking about Harlequins, is that like obviously they they won last year, they're right up again this year, but you don't really. I don't. I don't necessarily think of them in the same vein as what I would do, kind of like a Saris or Chiefs. Go on. Is that because they are? I kind of. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to cast disrespect on anyone in that team, but Don Brandt, Smith, Care, and whatever his name is. Esther Hazen. Yeah. Hazen. Is is it because they're built around that? Whereas you look at the other teams and you do get that more of a holistic feel? Do you know what I think it is? I think you are right, because I kind of feel the same way. That is a ridiculous little axis there, isn't it? 8, 9, 10, 12. Yeah, yeah. so like that's what they're doing. Like They don't feel scary, do they? But like Exeter do feel scary. Saracens do feel scary. They're big, abrasive, physical men. Not that, not that Harlequins aren't, but you feel that... As a team, you could probably get hold of Harlequins and beat them up a bit, and then they run around you. I mean, if you look at what Gloucester did to Harlequins in the first half last week, you know they they look they look um, they look beatable. Now, if you want to beat an Exeter or if you want to beat a Saracens or anyone else, you've got to literally go and beat them up up front. It's a, it's just a different proposition. Mm. Yeah, I think um, yeah yeah like it's you know. Harlequins is like like and, and similar to wasps actually it's like chasing shadows really difficult to play against. I got that well, was my input. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was good. I appreciate that. Well, the so we we had the fantastic result, the fantastic game 
uh, Quinns versus Exeter. It was just, it was just all the atmosphere at the stoop looked just looked out of this world at the end there. And, f- and fair play to Quinns and a hard cheese Exeter. They're they're going to be all right. They're going to yeah. be all right. Did you watch Sale, Sale Bristol? Um, I was going to say the other get the other big result was Wasps beating Leicester. Let's just do those two because those were two very similar games, very very tight results, and um, I would have been heartbroken for Wasps had they not won in the same way I was for Exeter for them not winning. Well, yeah, I mean that second half performance for Wasps was far far better. Um, this is the game where I think Leicester's frailty showed up. So they're very good at what they do. They're really good at what they do, like the three areas which you focus on. But the, you know, a lot of people have been saying that they've been leaving points out there. Their attack isn't as smooth, smooth as it could be. I think that's absolutely right. They attacked relatively well. But if you think about where they were on like 76 minutes or something, they've got the ball, they're attacking okay, and then they run out of, the, run out of, run out, run out of ideas. The attack goes very flat, like literally flat, as in they've got no, no, uh, no depth in their line cough up the ball and that's basically it and then there's one massive turnover turnover from Barbary which by the way was outstanding when is England squad announced good question I mean we must be talking the next week or so yeah do you think he makes it uh yes would you pick him Jamal I would Who? I think that bloke's a joke he is a joke isn't he's, he? he's, he's unreal his uh when we played them down at their place it was his first game back and on his first carry how long had he been out for Oh, a few like months, right? Yeah, yeah a few months, six months, something like that. His first carry, he's bumped off Aki and Kirill on his first carry back, <laughs> and then yeah, obviously I haven't watched anything else of him from that from that day until I did actually tune in right at the end of the game and saw that turnover. Um, oh, on his own yeah, line, he, he's a freak. He's a freak. <sighs> I'm not sold on him. You know, I know that sounds ridiculous. I just don't think he does enough things. So like, his carrying is great. His Working on the breakdown is great. The things he does are okay. But what about everything else? You know, what about playing with the rocks? What about Lionel? He, he doesn't look to me as if he's going to be a jumper. But no, I, I I get that. But I think it isn't just that he's powerful to bump off the two guys, like Jamal said. I think he just he reads the game so instinctively, quite a lot like Don Brandt in that respect. He reads it so, so he arrives at the right place, hitting, yeah. the, hitting the right angle. He's just has a rugby brain that's just that little bit quicker than other people, which is why he seems to come up with massive plays at, at important moments. He's just one of those guys. So let's um let let's Cocker's law him now. Who uh, who are you going to drop him? Uh, who are you going to drop to get him in? Right. So you got to drop someone to get him in. Um, probably. Who are the options? You've got Lewis Ludlam. I'd probably drop. I'd probably drop him for. Not that I like. I've got a lot of time for Lewis Ludlam. But um, I've got a load of time for Lewis Ludlam. Yeah. But there you go. If I ha- you have to drop someone to get him in. And actually, if you think in. about what um, Barbary does, not dissimilar. You know, if you want him to do that sort of job, you know, fer- like ferreting around breakdowns, carrying like a lunatic. Well, that's ideal. Because that's a Ludlam job. I'm not sure who else was. Was Lewis Ludlow in the? Did he make? Did he get? Cut after the training squad. Look. Yeah, I don't think he's had a look in since those two games. No, no, no he hasn't, has he? Since being captain. Yeah. yeah. Since leading captain his country. Of the shags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just on England teams or England team team selection, you got any views on who you'd have in the front row? Because I've got some views. Mm, possibly. Get you give me your views and I'll 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 
Well, well, I, 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 I suppose that the, the tight head position is uh, well. So we got you've got two things there. We got the, the loose head position. You can talk with massive authority, but but the tight head position is probably the one that's more up for grabs a little bit. There there isn't anyone totally making that jersey their own. No, but do you know there's a guy a tight head. I thought about this today actually. Well, uh, you got Sinclair who has made the jersey his own, and then you've got Will Stewart. Um, who, what the other what the other options we're talking? Oh, the the chap at Newcastle. Um, God, I, apologies, Davison. Yeah. Well, no, is he loose head? Uh, Trevor Davison. No, 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 he's is... tired. And um, uh, we got Joe Hayes. Yeah, that's the guy I was going to say. Joe Hayes would be the one I want. I'd want to look at. I think he's a really good scrimmager. Um, I think at some point he'll be the starter for Leicester if he's not not already. He always makes an impact. Uh, Leicester are very good. Um, Ford pack and he fits in absolutely fine. So I'd, I'd like to look at him. Here is one, which I think I think is interesting. I think they need to be looking at Jack Jack, Jack Singleton for Hooker. I think he's been playing absolutely brilliantly, and in terms of his line accuracy, his arrows are abs- well spot on. I'd hard agree. Hard agree on uh, hard agree on on Singer for yeah. sure. I yeah. don't know how he's uh, getting overlooked. To be honest. I reckon. Well, who, well, it's it's odd because when he was in the England squad, there were t- um, like in the past, there were times I'm going, mm, I'm, I might have other people over him, but now he looks more an England player than he was when he was actually in and went to a World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. So I, I think Singleton. I think the loose head position isn't quite as firm as pe- as people think. Um, who, I mean, who is the loose head? Genge is he a starter? Yeah, definitely. So Genge, Singleton, and. Who'd be the other guy? Sinks. Sinks. Mm. Yeah, actually, that's not bad, yeah. is it? I wouldn't start single. I wouldn't. I'd have Luke Cowan Dickey as my starting hooker. But yeah. Oh yeah, Cowan Dickey. But you need two of them, right? Yeah. So I don't know. How do you assess the front row situation? Um. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely more open than it has been for a while because I think the probably the. Well, I mean, previously you had like Cole was your your out and out starting tight end, and then your loose head was kind of a battle between um, Marler and Mako, and then Hooker was um, yeah. uh, you know like Jamie George, um, Dylan Hartley, kind of that obviously going back a few years, but that was probably like the last time where it was like you could easily pick it, and I think now it's there's definitely like names that are gonna be there or thereabouts and have been for the last few years, but I definitely don't think there's there's room for someone in each of those to step up and go, right, nap, that's my shirt. Who is the best scrummaging loose head that you've come across this year? Hmm Best scrummaging loose head. There are some monsters. I, mean, <laughs> I was watching um Ben Moon this weekend. I just thought that guy that guy is still awesome. Absolutely awesome. Mm. Yeah, he he's good. He's he's someone that I've always struggled with against. Um, so I mean, I, this isn't just because I play with him, but like Val, yeah, I'd put Val up there as well. Um, I've, I've he's just, someone that's probably got the record for most amount of England camps without actually getting a cap. I've, he I've to be, ju- uh, yeah, the the list I've written down on this bit of paper in front of me. I've um I've just written the, the contenders. All this, well, everyone we've mentioned: Marla, Mako, Genge, Rod. Uh, Val and and I, I still got a lot of time for Ben Moon, but yeah, Val. I, 
I remember seeing him at um at like a, a, a younger age group level when he was and just coming through in Worcester and this this guy is this guy's a freak. Yeah. And he's been held back by injuries. Just how good could he be, do you think? Oh, I, I mean he could be he could be unbelievable. He honestly could like he he um I don't think you'd mind me saying this. Like he he's a weird character. Mm-hmm. Um and it doesn't always um help him when it comes to the rugby side of stuff, but when you see some of the things that he can do around the field and his and his scrummaging and he when he's like got his head switched on, I think there's you know, I don't I don't I, I think there's probably only Genj really could, could rival that. Interesting. Um, but he's he does uh he does have a way of of, of doing things which probably doesn't help. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um I, I, I'd take him purely for his finishing. <laughs> that is that <laughs> dirty. <laughs> Uh, he has got the most. I mean, I, I would. I think you could intimidate any opposing international team. Just, just get him a pair of really small shorts. Yeah. Just to emphasise <laughs> those those legs are just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, um, what's he weighing in at? Like, because he must be with 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 those legs alone, he must be like one twenty. He's heavy. He's because he, he's not. He, I mean, he's he's tall, but he's not like massively tall, right? But he constantly walks around in the high one twenties. Yes, like nice. a good weekend, and he's he's hitting one thirty. He's a big human. Yeah, his legs are, are stupid as well. They're not like massively defined. Like they're not like a, an appealing set of legs. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're, they're the kind of like thing you'd see doing a rotation at three a.m. in a capacity. <laughs> but they they there's some parent. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was probably just a consistent theme with with guys at Gloucester, powerful but shit rigs everywhere. Well, some 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 great rigs. Well, actually, who else got the great? Anyway, let's. Uh, no, no, I like talking about rigs. No, let's not because we need to talk about rugby. <laughs> In fact, let's let's talk about let's talk about the culture wars. The culture wars. Yeah. Oh, Bristol Sale. Bristol Sale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, well, firstly, when we talk about international players, Yoan Lloyd, it's time for him. Do you think? I think he could be ideal in the number 23 shirt for Wales. I'm, yeah, yeah, maybe. I really, really, really like the guy. I like that him. That offload was mental. It was insane. That was this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Did, yeah. You didn't come across him when you were at Bristol, did, did you? He'd be 40. No, no, he's, yeah. Yeah. He was uh, way, way after me. Yeah. He's so, a tough little, he's a tough fella. He's very, well. very good. I, do you know, I just have a problem with him playing on the wing, because that's obviously not his position. I think he needs a good run of games in a position where he's going to be for the next 10, 10 years. He's going to be 15 or fly half. I, I don't, I don't so. know which. I think so. But play him there now. That's what I would say. Because if he's if he's doing magical things on the wing, he does do some good things, but he's just not he's just not an out-and-out winger. Uh, this was a bad game. This was a bad, bad game. Uh, I'm not if you're a Bristol fan. I loved it, mate. They've been desperate for that. Oh, I wasn't got the bonus. Anyway, you got to credit Bristol. Uh, their defense was really quite, really quite good. And I think what they will be most pleased about is you started to see little bits of the old Bristol c- c- coming back in. Like their attacking shape was not too bad. They, you know, they they held their width. Sale looked like they were in worlds of trouble every time that that ball went ball went wide. 
And I think after did Sale score first? They did, did didn't they? That, yeah. Sale scored first, and even though they were seven 0 up, I was like, this isn't going to go well. This isn't going to go well because Bristol have got them where Bristol like to play. So um, yeah, pretty bad. And Sale have got a I don't know. There's there, there's something wrong there. As in their attack doesn't really do anything. They were quite efficient actually. Every time they went in the into twenty two, they they were scoring, but they just don't seem to. They don't seem to create nearly enough. Well, you talk about identity and the fact that Jamal was talking about Gloucester have the mall, so that's if people try and defend that more, so it's going to open up space elsewhere. Sale identity, they don't have Manu on the field and they lost Janzi van Rensburg. Yeah. And that is their identity, isn't it? They, they throw a massive man down the centre and try and hope that that leaves some space for other people. But when you, when it's Sam James and Rob Dupree... Well, I mean, I don't put much blame on Sam James's plate because I think he's brilliant and I think... Last week I was saying Sale need an extra pair of hands in that back line. AJ is very good. He does things. He's awesome. He's, he's, he's good, operating yeah. in a in a different on a different level to his his teammates. Well, look, if I played in the same back line as Rob Dupree, I think I would look pr- pretty good too. Uh, he's he'd, he'd, he's the, the absolute opposite to what Esther Hazen brings. Um, he would just make me look good by comparison. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I've, seldom have I seen a worse game for a professional player. Uh, his defence was woeful. I mean, it was. Don't hold woeful. back, JB. Will you? Well, I just think, um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the least you expect is the attempt of a tackle. Uh, so two of Bristol's tries were, you know, almost directly his. Well, certainly one was directly his um, his responsibility, and that's a that's very poor because Sale are built around being tough, hard, um, hard to break down, and if you've got that one weakness, which was so obvious on um, on the weekend, you've got a problem, a real problem. So, I can't. I, can't I think you're right. Like it felt like Bristol rebooted themselves. And what what was interesting was Pat Lamb's comments. He said, "Yeah, it hasn't been going well, and the reason it's come through is because we haven't tried to do anything different. We've just had to trust de- the system. Trust, yeah, trust. Yeah, trust but the I, system. I don't believe Pat Lamb when he says that. I don't believe him one bit when he says that because I know that Pat Lamb has been instructing players to do things which you know are not." In, in the system. I mean, you've got some very... I won't go into it too, too much, but some very um, bizarre behaviours there. Um, I don't think they have been consistent, really. I think no, they're no, they, no, they haven't been, but I think... Lots it, of different things. Part of it is that this league is... You can you can hit a, a, a little patch and, well, you, you did, I picked it up from when Jamal was talking. It was like, yeah, it's, it's going really well. Actually, look at us. We're, we go and win away at Saracens. We're, we're really good, but... Actually, a few, it's it's only a tiny, tiny margin. But I don't know how much you can put into words, Jamal, how small the margin is between teams that are on runs that aren't going well and teams that are on runs that, that are going well, like Bristol versus Gloucester, for example. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 very very small. You know, it, a lot of it is just momentum, really. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get, uh, for example, Bristol get this game, this win, right? That could be just enough momentum and self-belief that they need to make a massive resurgence um, because ultimately they're no different to the team that they were last year. They just obviously got a couple of bad results early on and have been riding that, that ebb, right? Um, yeah. it, it's, it's just, there, there really is like not, apart from maybe a couple at the bottom, but there's not much that separates the, the rest of the, the Premiership, and that, that's like that's a, a testament to 
how good the Premiership is and has been probably for the last couple of years since, uh, obviously since Bristol came up. Bristol came up again with the, the squad that didn't get them immediately relegated, yeah. <laughs> like I was involved in. Um, did you, yeah, since did you then, leave after the first relegation? You, so you never played under Pat Lamb, did you? Or did you? No, I didn't, no. Yeah, so Pat Lamb came in the Championship after you'd left. Is that right? Yes, yeah. So who was So you? I came up, then we got... Um, we were in the Prem, we went to about four or five head coaches, got relegated. That's right. I went to Saints. Now, can you talk to me about one particular player, a guy who I'm really interested in, uh, and I thought he was going to be an absolute superstar, but hasn't really kicked on to uh, what I hoped he would. Uh, the, the eight that left with you and went to Northampton, I've forgotten his name now, Mitch Eady. Mitch. What, what, like, why do you think he hasn't been as effective as he was? He, he looked like he was going to be at one point? Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, Mitch, when I was at Bristol, he was um, probably up there with one of the best eights in the Prem for that year, even yeah, though we were amazing. on the losing side. He was like, his, his skill set is, is unreal. Um, I think, I think I'm getting my timeline right. I think part of the issue that he ran into is that when we went to Saints, he was signed by the previous management that got booted out pretty shortly after we joined um, and just never never really got a look in. Obviously, we had, they had uh, Tamana Harrison there who was on form. Um, so it's hard to push him out of the spot. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just one of those that it's just, it, it's one of those unfortunate things here. Rugby and uh, a lot of things in life are just about being in the right place at the right time and his unfortunately his potential that you might have seen when he was at Bristol previously just hasn't um, amounted to anything since yeah so he's one of those guys I've kept an eye on him because um, well like you said his skill set is outstanding and he was so good first time around in um, in, in the Prem I, I was wondering if he was going to sort of grow into that Ben Earl position because he's a pretty under the radar signing but inc- you know very very good I think he is just what an example of well, what a brilliant job it is if you if you get the chance to do it if it's a sport you've loved you know for years and years uh, but it's also a brutal sport it's really because yeah. you can be just a tiny bit not as good as like you say yeah. Tamana Harrison and and you know, the, the career can evaporate. Exactly. It's it's a tough gig. Mm. Amazing gig, but a tough gig. Mm. Um, s- someone else whose career kind of uh, fizzled, but they've gone on to something else, is Connor Gilsonen of London Irish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who is who is now on the new season of The Apprentice. I don't, I don't know if you caught him on that, Jamal. No, no idea who you're on about. Oh, he's, he's a, he was a flanker for London Irish. Uh-huh. Young flanker, and I think he was in his might be in his mid twenties when he when he gave up rugby. Is he is he a boardroom vulture now or something? Yeah, exactly. What, what do he call himself? He he looks like something like that, but he looks exactly like Conor McGregor. He oh, wears does he? he wears the glasses like Conor McGregor, and he's been described widely as a pound shop Conor McGregor. So just one to watch from rug from in terms of promoting rugby, we might get some rugby chat. Out uh, yeah, but is that how we want to promote rugby? Do you well, know what annoys me about The Apprentice? I mean, I used to love the show. I you know, it used to be absolute 
a guaranteed watch every Wednesday. But what I don't like about it is the BBC have effectively like two programmes about private sector industry. One is a, a, a clown show, which is The Apprentice. And the other one is, is Dragon's Den, neither of which puts the private sector in you know, any great light. Do you think that they would have a, a, a host of characters so clownish if this is a documentary about the NHS or or, or, <laughs> or, uh, or teachers, you know, sanctimonious nonsense that well, you'd, you'd ever watch. It did make me wonder which uh, teammates of yours, past, past or present, or people that you know from rugby, Jamal, I want you to put one on The Apprentice and one on Love Island. Oh. I mean, well, I'm just okay. trying to get us... With the Love Island one, I'm just trying to get us back to chatting about rigs. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was talking to someone today who was from Love Island, who was on, on Love Island, who has a good uh, a, a good rig too. Shock. Uh, I'll tell you after, after the podcast. Ooh, yeah. you won't say on the podcast. I won't say, I won't say Are you allowed podcast. to do that? You can't just drop hints like that. I can do what I want. That is, that is such a... That, that's treating our listeners with such <laughs> contempt. I'll put it on the Patreon podcast. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mm. I'm just trying to think. Uh, well, Love Island, uh, an obvious one right now would be Zam, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, he'd clean up. Yeah. I mean, I, I've I've had a glance at his Instagram DMs, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd have no trouble. No. Uh, interesting chap. Yeah, there's not really much going on. No. Yeah. Thing is, do you need to be interesting? It's Just overrated. A... If you're that hot, do you need to be interesting? <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. there's a there's a certain there's a certain level of of physical attraction that can just overwhelm any lack of personality that you have <laughs> i'd so, love to i'd love to so. just go back and be younger me and have just be able to have that for a short period of time <laughs> one of the lads on the time exeter described uh, henry slade as uh, boring but really hot <laughs> <laughs> burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> Love it. Oh, there's, there's so many periods in my life when I was younger when I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Yeah, uh, by the way, Henry Slade would be the one for, for, for Love Island. You reckon? Yeah. 6'4", yeah. six, six, super handsome. Yeah. What I would also like about that is you'd have someone like even even Lewis Rees-Amit, you'd have him go on and he's not one of the biggest rugby players, but he would still, when they do that little bit on Love Island where they go in the gym, he'd oh. still be able to do proper weights. Unlike mm. the, but they don't give you proper oh, weights. He, he could work the old diabetic angle as well. Oh, nice. sympathy folk. Oh, right. yes. Slade would get some mileage out of that. Oh, oh, yeah. oh Zamit as well. Are they both? No, no, no. No, Slade. Slade. Yeah, yeah. And his vaccine chat will be top notch. <laughs> I, I imagine they'd have to bleep, like, bleep out most of his vaccine chat. <laughs> oh, wow. Could you imagine? You love uh, it. You? you just love it. I do love so it. We've got, uh, so we've got uh, Zamet on Love Island. Who's going on The Apprentice? 
Mm, I don't want to. I'm gonna have to pick some another current teammate. Would be Aki. A really? Yes. He's just his his. He, look, he 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 would dress up well. You know he would. He'd love to get all the latest gears on, look the part. But then he would also. He can he can talk the talk as well. He right? really can talk well. He has got a good chat. Mm. Yeah, he's um he's a very engaging character, a very engaging character, and got he's got a lot to, lot to say about a lot of things, which I always appreciate. Uh, I actually and and he's got a really good rendition of Sex Bomb, which would go down like really does well. He? So I met one of the judges from Apprentice. Uh, what was his name? It was not Sven. It was the other one. Judges, like as in the yeah, so like ju- Alan Sugar's right hand. Man. No, so you've got um. You've got the two right-hand, you know, uh, what's the name of Nick and... Is Nick died? I think Nick's passed No, away. no, I don't think he's died. He left He's because he went on to and did Countdown and then he's left that. But it's Claude. Claude is one. Claude, did Claude die? Someone's died. No, he's ill. So he's not on this series. All right, so Claude, it wasn't Claude. It's the one called Sven. Maybe. Sven was in um, a club called Pink Pussycat at, uh, oh, it must have been like three in the morning with three absolutely gorgeous women in central Manchester on a Thursday night. So I said hello to him. Where's Pink Pussycat? Underneath Mojo's. Do you remember the one that used to be underneath Mojo's? This is uh, this is Manchester Channel. But there used to be a club un- un- underneath Mojo's, which was called P- Purple Pussycat. And it was basically you get full when Mojo's close. Oh, so I love you Mojo's. Were, yeah, if you were done with Mojo's at three o'clock and you want to stay out till six... That's where you go, and that's where and that's where he was. If you ever join Sail Sharks for any period in your career, Mojo's is where it's at, Jamal. Imagine that, Jamal. Imagine no, if you joined Sail Sharks. I mean, it, it would never happen, right? No, never happen. Not not even close to happening. Um, not in a million years. Not in a million years. Well, it could be Sail Tuna. Uh, yeah. if, if Marco Massotti, the owner of the sh- the Sharks in Durban in South Africa, gets his way, he, what, what's going on with his little uh, having a pop at? Sail sharks being called the sharks. Well, first of all, I don't think he understands why they're called the sharks. Um, which is, of course, do you know why sail sharks are called sail sharks, Jamal? Can I Google it? Nope, nope. Um, uh, were they like an importer of shark meat back Ooh. in the day? If only it was that I cool. Yeah, because this this guy who owns the sharks in South Africa was took to Twitter to have a pop at sail sharks being called the sharks um, because Manchester is a landlocked city. He's got a point. He what, what what he failed to know and what many people don't realise is that sail sharks are so named because of West Side Story. Yeah. What's that? It's the musical. So the, uh, do you know, sail A team is called the Jets, right? So sharks and the Jets yeah. are the two gangs in the musical West Side Story and the players' wives oh. ca- came up came up with the name. I like that. That's yeah. a good bit of knowledge. Though. Yeah. Wait, when's it, when are you going to become Gloucester Lions anyway? It's only a matter of time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't like Gloucester Lions. I, th- I thought it would have been done by now. Yeah. I know the uh, the Gloucester Faithful would really embrace the change. So <laughs> <I'm not good. laughs> what are they like? Are they hard work or are they just quite a good bunch? Or actually, they're, was it both? They're, 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 honestly, they're both. It's just like... But it's great because... I, I would rather have it that way than, than you know, just playing in front of dead crowds every week. I was going to say, uh, we live in Manchester and apathy is far worse. Yeah, it is. Mind <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, I'm surrounded by rugby all, all the time, so I don't re- really see it. But you go to stadium. No, no, that's not fair. Sale, 
Sale have increased before COVID. They had the biggest increase in their crowd. Now the problem is, of course, it is a long. It is from a fairly low start, but they were going in the right direction. Definitely in the right direction. Yeah, but that... they're just driven by their results on field. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some really, really good things there. Um, but yeah, it was going in, going in, in, it was going yeah broadly in, in in the right direction. They had the biggest increase in percentage percentage attendance. Now let's get back to Mark. What's, what's, what's his name? Huh? Oh, Marco Massotti. Yeah, owner of the Sharks in so, Durban. I, I I think he's just or oh, Natal. Sorry, uh, Durban. Uh, so oh, Durban is in Natal. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I don't really know what he's hoping to achieve. Is it just a bit, bit of banter? I think it's just just a bit of banter. I, th- I think they tried to sign the Duprees and were, and didn't get them, so they're I will send they're him annoyed. One. <laughs> <laughs> he can have one of them. <laughs> but, uh, I, th- I think they covers a package. So yeah, I, I've got to mention. I'm just thinking about in terms of rugby that it was a beatdown for the Saints up at Newcastle, and um, that's a, a bit of creaking going on for Newcastle. They got. Panned. Oh right, sorry. The way you said that, then I thought you were acting like Saints lost. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Newcastle is a creaking a little bit after a really good start to the season, which we've seen before. They get points under their belt and then it kind of falls apart. Just to emphasise the point that tiny things can change and it can have a big effect. Um, but Sam Matavesi, his break for the Scosa try was from a front row was just outrageous. I like Matavesi, I really do. Like, it's very hard, isn't it, to put the finger on why Northampton struggle so much in their front row. And I think it is a front row problem because all those boys do something really, really well. But I think as a group, they're probably 5% off. And I can't really put my finger on why they're not why they're not quite, quite, quite there. He's, having, he's there, so. having a great season and that, I do like him. that was just... It was... Yeah. It was that, it, hookers should not be able to do that. No. Uh, as for Newcastle, look, you start Carl Ferns on um, on the bench, you're going to get a beatdown. It's just it's just the way of the world. You, there's nothing you can do do about that. Um, I think Mark, um, Mark Evans put it best about Northampton, which is they'll lose against good teams and they'll beat bad teams. Uh, and that's basically what they are. You know, They are about as middle of the road as you can possibly get at, at the moment. Um, yeah, and it sort of went according to form. It was an awesome weekend of rugby, I've got to say. Sitting uh, sitting on the sofa and watching it, absolutely love this. Yeah. So, uh, you got any views on what Northampton can do, particularly around around their front row? Because that that is the area I think 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 that they struggle. You, you can't really say too much, but I but I, I in my head I imagine that that is one of the areas to attack that opposition teams will will target. That would me having an opinion would involve me watching. <laughs> oh, it also involve <laughs> it also involve you training with these guys because I, I think you probably trained with all those fellas at Northampton. Have you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the most of the guys there I have. Yeah, yeah. It's not really changed. So you know, I think they are built to be a very good around the park team. You look at some of the names that they've got. I mean, I really rate Paul Hill. I think Paul Hill's a very very good player. Um, but just for whatever reason it is, the scrummaging just it, it just, just isn't there. And I think when they've not got Courtney on the field as well, they're losing that. If they get everyone on the field and they have a good day, they're a very, very good team. Well, they they absolutely beat down on Newcastle this weekend. So, yeah. fair, Is the scrum really that bad or not? Well, yeah, I don't know if it's just something that people like us get in our head and we don't really know what we're talking about. But, oh, I know exactly what I'm talking about. But the... But the, the uh, <laughs> that sense of... It's one of the things I love most about rugby is that 
pure confrontation, man to man battle that happens between those three guys on each side in the front row in in the set piece and throughout a game has a disproportionately massive effect it does. on the outcome of rugby games and I, I I love that. Yeah. Well, that's why I you know, this is why I love line outs so so much. And I've said it numerous, numerous times. But you can control a lot of what happens in your line out. It's pretty of all the areas of rugby to be good at, being good at a line out is you know, fairly easy. And when you set the standard from there, that standard can then move into other areas. If you're confident in one area, then that confidence spreads. So you're absolutely right. Set piece is vitally important. And that's why they pay guys like Jamal the big bucks. Exactly. Quite right too. Uh, how excited well, are you or or ambivalent, or I, I don't know, about Europe coming up again? Because it, it's, it's a bit odd, the whole feeling around it. Is it? So what's going on with that? We've got a full complement of games this coming weekend, touch wood. Have we? Yeah. And the the games that were postponed earlier in the competition are going to, well, but we'll know by the end of this week if and when they're going to be rescheduled. Wait, as in this weekend coming up? Because we've got the week off. How have you got a week off? I don't know. How can that be? How? You, you know, you haven't. You're playing in Europe. I think I got a week off. No. How can Gloucester have a week off, JB? What's going on? I have here? no idea. Is it the junior competition? Maybe that they're playing in. Hang on. Are you, if you're playing in the oh, junior yeah, competition, oh yeah, we're not. We're not in the proper one. Oh yeah. So yeah. maybe you've got the week off. Yeah, you've got the week off, and they're going to throw some kids to some massive French. No, 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 no. Like, like everyone has got the week off now. Maybe there's no Challenge Cup. Is maybe. That right? I've got no idea. I've genuinely no idea. Let's, let, let's wow. Be- we could be learning on the hoof here. I'm just typing in. Yeah, our next game is the 22nd of January. How do you not know this? No, Paul, uh, Saturday the 22nd of January. You're quite right. So, so a- oh, wow. So there's half the pool games for the next round this weekend. Pool A, pool B, half of pool B and half of pool C. And then it's the following week. You're right. You do have a week off. Oh, cool. That's a different. I'm glad, I'm glad you were wrong and not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, of course, you, you, well, you, you'll have memories of being in the Champions Cup from last year. What are your, what are your, what are your memories? Because that was in strange times as well. Yeah, who, I'm going to ask you now. Who, do, who did we play? There was that. Oh, we played. Uh, there was that awesome win at home to Ulster. Oh yeah, that was a good game. That was that was an awesome game. Yeah, we had them and we had Leon because it was weird because we got them again, but this time in the in the challenge. That's right. Um, well, so yeah, what... I, I love I love European rugby. Do I, you? I think it's so cool. Yeah. So I get. Really... I just think it's just a Premiership. So not boring, but it's like it, it's it's obviously there's you put a certain amount of weight on each kind of thing you're involved in, right? Yeah. And obviously the Premiership is always just go, 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 four guns blazing. Got to win every game. Um, and so it's just the 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 European stuff is just a nice break-up to that. And, and obviously depending on what you're targeting and what teams you're playing, you can, you know, raise that level or you can lower that level. Um, but it just serves as a nice break-up to the Premiership. And I, 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 I enjoy it. And you're facing different teams that you wouldn't have seen before, right? Yeah, and I think that is in the that is interesting part because I think everyone in the Premiership knows almost everything about everyone else, particularly at the coaching level. I mean, I think the coaches are very well prepared for what's coming around the corner. You will have no idea what you know, La Rochelle are bringing or what you know, Toulouse do or 
large, very large um, human beings. Yeah, very large. Is what they bring. Yeah. But I mean, that's just an assumption. You don't know. I mean, they could catch you completely off guard. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that, like the monotony or the continual grind of the Premiership, uh, and that European European rugby freshens it up. Because for me, it's all about the Premiership. You can mainline Premiership in into my veins. I absolutely love it. Uh, and when the European rounds come about, it's like, oh god, we've got to sort of put the Premiership on hold for two weeks. Yeah, I suppose that's the difference between like, I mean, you'd have that view because you're you're watching and the Premiership is so good. Mm. But I suppose from my side of it, being involved in it, it's like, yeah, like the the the, the constant grind and pressure is is cool and and you you have to enjoy it to a certain extent, otherwise you wouldn't be in the gig. But that 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 those European games are are nice and and like like you were saying, not knowing who you're coming up against, but also. An interesting one is like the officiating is yeah. like hilarious. <laughs> like, like I know, like a lot of people like get stuck into to refs in the Premiership for whatever reason. But like <laughs> when it comes to Europe, it's just like who knows what what we're doing. It's week. a complete free for all, isn't it? A complete free for all. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as long as it's a consistent free for all, you know, if 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 the ruck is a lottery all day long, just as long as it's con- sort of a consistent lottery, yeah. Uh, here's a boring question for you, and I'm, I apologise in advance. It is a boring question. What are your views about playing at different times? Because of course, Europe, you could be playing at twelve o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock. Oh, it's the, it's the Sunday se- mm. uh, five, Sunday evening, five thirty p.m. That's just the one you don't want. It's 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 the luck of the draw, isn't it? Like we've had. I remember having one game. I can't remember who who, who I was playing for, who it was against. But I remember it was like it was like a twelve kickoff or something, and it was just like. For me, the most perfect thing because you you have a nice sleep, you wake up, you have one meal, and then boom, like you're into the game, you're done by midday. Yeah, you still got the rest of it. It's it's perfect. But then, um, like a month ago, obviously we went over to Leon, and we had the nine p.m. Was it was it Saturday nine p.m. slot? I think we yeah played. yeah, um, which is just like the worst because we had to go out on Friday. Um, so we're in the hotel Friday. Obviously, COVID's at an all-time high, and they've got some festival of light thing going on in Leon. So we can't go out. So we're, we're hotel bound for the whole day. And I'm not. A ma- I like. I like playing in evening games, but the build-up to them is is a drag anyway because you just having to kill so much time. You don't know what to do. Do you? Yeah. Do you sleep middle of the day? Do you not sleep and then risk being tired? It's just a complete faff. And then. You take that what would normally be a seven forty five kickoff and maybe about another hour and a quarter. It's like crazy. Well, I, I'm interested. You said you you like having just one meal, then bang into it. Do you like when you have all that whole day? What it sounds like that prevent, presents an element of stress. Wondering how what to eat through the day. Yeah, because because most of the time you want to go into a game on a. Not not empty stomach, but you know, like feeling pretty light, yeah. just enough fuel to to get you going. Yeah, and it's like you, as a, I suppose, especially as a prop, it's like, oh, what to, what can I kill some time with? And most of the time, it's like I just go find something to eat for an hour. <laughs> yeah, you know. So you've got this whole day, and it's like I kind of have to you have to consume the right amount of food that you would for you know what you would normally do for a day, but then also make sure that you haven't eaten too much, that it's heavy, 
when it comes to kickoff at 9 p.m. It's just a it's just a weird thing to have to have to balance. So Ian Bolshaw told me this right, which is when he was at Biarritz, no matter when the game was played, they always had to meet up in the hotel. So in France, they do a lot of late late games. So they they do exactly as, as you're ta- 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 talking about Jamal meet in the hotel for the home games and be there all day. And so by the time they actually got out of the hotel to the game, you know, you'd lost a load of money uh, uh, money playing cards and you had like 20, 27, 27 coffees and everyone's absolutely wired. <laughs> but um, back in the day, I'm sure it was, I think it might have been Ritz actually, they requested that on Sundays their players all sat down for uh, a bit of brisket, uh, some red wine, and then they went and played after their Sunday lunch, which is Oh amazing. my goodness. Can you imagine that? Wow. <sighs> So, they're nuts in France, aren't, aren't they? Just yeah. So the reason I mentioned the kickoff times is because we had um, a group of boys who played second team rugby yesterday. Uh, the first team was cancelled, and we were all looking forward to getting back in the clubhouse and having some beers. And somebody said to me, like, "Oh yeah, we'll watch the second Premiership game." I was like, "There is no second Premiership game, but the bloody should be, shouldn't there? There should be a three a three o'clock kickoff." But then, yeah, so there is a three o'clock kickoff, but that coincides with every other rugby player. In all of England, playing their club game, I would love to have a prem game on when mm. when you come off the pitch, finish the game. Yeah, yeah so then you come off. The, that's when we want to watch our games, but we can't watch anything because I don't know Premiership rugby or something. Something to do with Premiership rugby, but like they can. But they did that it. last season, though. Did they move? Yeah, did they move some of the times. Yes, because of COVID, so they pre- they televised every single game, which is yeah. So awesome. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I I feel like having a. A one, let's say, like a one and a five thirty or something. Yeah, on a Saturday, I don't see any problem with that. I would love to do that. I mean, actually, well, so teams like Leicester Tigers do complain because their season ticket holders love three three o'clock. Yeah, big deal. You know, get it on TV because there's a whole world of people that want to watch this product, and they've all played at three o'clock. You can't, you know, like today, Bath versus Worcester. That to me was game of the day. I mean, I was really looking forward to that. Just couldn't couldn't watch it. Couldn't see the Gloucester game until the morning after. Until the morning after. Well, yeah. And I, apologies to Bath fans who will be loving the fact they finally won a game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I haven't had a chance to see it. Yeah. Albeit they, they uh, was it a red card for Rory Sutherland in six minutes. Six minutes red card, Rory Sutherland. Um, and they and Bath snuck it by a couple snu- of points. Do you know I like Worcester? I like them a lot. Um, I wish I'd have got this win because there'd be then one win off my prediction, which is what they'd do for the year, which is five wins. If they got more, if was to get more than five wins this season, that is a great season for their fans. Who had what two all of last year? One was a... well, I, I wouldn't. I, I think that's hyperbolized a bit, a bit of hyperbole Hang there, mate. Bit. When you sign Duan van der Merwe, Rory Sutherland, and, and then you go, wow, well, wow, we got five wins across a whole season. Yeah, but like they're just two. They're just two guys. They're just two guys, and you know this team was. Legitimately, very, very bad last year. Five wins is a massive step forward for. I'm, I'm not. I'm not denying it would be a step forward. All they, but... they, they don't want to win the league. They just want some hope. That's all they want. Five wins is hope. Well, they got diamond. They got diamond there now. Yeah, anything's possible. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, we do. What have... did he get red carded for? I, I didn't see. No idea. No idea. Oh, cool. Because of course, Premiership rugby won't 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 let us watch. I know Alec Hepburn got his red card for. That was a nailed-on mm. red card. That, well, that, I mean, it, it was. I, I, feel, I feel sorry for the pair of them because it felt like... It should be two red cards. That's what it should it, be. Arguably, it could have been, but uh, neither of them intended to do it. I can see why it was stupid. Obviously, landed on his head, and I get it. Yeah. I all, get it. All you ask for is that you could come to the same 
conclusion as the ref did, and you can in that case. Oh, 100%. Would you have given Genge any more than a yellow? For his little bit of afters with no, hard? I wouldn't. No. I haven't seen that yet. I've just found what um, Sutherland it, did. Yeah, oh, what, it, what did Sullivan, uh, Sutherland do? So he's basically just clashed heads with Will Stewart trying to go for like a on-the-ball tackle type thing. Oh, you know he's I mean? gone too high. Yeah, he's just gone too high and hit heads with him. Not not shoulder to head, head to head. Yeah, so, I mean, this is the point I've made so many times. And again, particularly to props. I just don't think men the size of props can change their level that quick. Uh, yeah, I mean... It, Props not is not too bad. The second second rows I I have sympathy for. Yeah, being able to tackle low. But I mean, like I, I suppose an easy one to be to point as oh look Courtney Dawes can do it, but he's a freak, right? I think yeah. in general, but he's like one of the best uh, players on the planet. Yeah, but there was that great example <laughs> yeah. in the it was the round twenty two last season when Sale went down to Exeter and Sam Skinner got. Um, did he get a red card? Or he got a, ye- he got a yellow, which I think was upgraded yeah, to yeah. a red, which meant he missed the semi-final and final. And when you look at the image of the contact, it was head contact with Fafterclerk, but Sam Skinner had his back at a full 90-degree angle from yeah. his from I his remember hips. that one, yeah. But like, th- 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 I don't think that would get the same punishment this season, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure they're bringing in some sort of mitigation when it comes to how, how much of an effort he's made to hit low, right? Yeah, yeah, there is mitigation. There is. So yeah. I, because well, he was on good. the way down as well, wasn't he, at the time? That yeah, Paul he, was on the way yeah. down as well. Faf was on the way down and Skinner was 90 degrees at the waist. Yeah, so like sudden change yeah. of height is a mitigation, mitigating factor. Him being bent at the waist would have been a mitigating factor. There'd been lots of mitigating factors. factors Faf well. de being five foot four. Yeah. And Sam Skinner being six foot six. About it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> by the way, Faf de back soon, hopefully. Yeah. Great news, eh? That is great news. Um, but no, that's that's good that, that if, if that same thing would have been dealt with differently and I've noticed the seat belt there was a couple today watching the the Leicester Wasps game there's a couple of seat belts my, and my dad hasn't been watching the games as much with me and he was over this today and he was watching it when all oh, that looked high didn't it I went yeah they've changed that, actually seat belt's fine oh oh, sorry seat belt tackles refs don't they, refs let it go what is this for official the, or for is the most part just what they've done well I think as Jamal said they're sort of tweaking it to be a bit more empathetic with yeah. the players so I think this needs official mm. guidance right which is do not officiate a seatbelt tackle as a high tackle, unless it touches the head or neck, I think that has to be done because they're not with an element of force. Because yeah, maybe. sometimes it can. Yeah, sometimes it rides up. I just don't do it because it ruins the game. Like they're, they're fine. Well, that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. That, that, to, yeah, to, to, be... to the credit of the referees but, and the union, yeah, they're but doing it. The problem it. is, a referee could actually then blow it up and be within the laws. So you could see a ref letting it, letting it go all game, and then on the one occasion that a ref does blow it up, it could be a critical instant and you know three points to win the game or some such thing. So I don't like the, so, the inconsistency I have a problem with. Did they actually add a law to penalise a seatbelt tackle? Directed it was. Did they then just did they just make up this focus of a seatbelt tackle is to be considered a high that, tackle? That's what. That one. It's the same thing as like. Well, again, they could the the law hasn't changed for the putting of a ball into a scrum. But when I was watching Quinns v Exeter yesterday, and I having said I love the physical confrontation of those three guys in the front row on either team the, the, the Danny Kerr and other scrum halves as well but literally putting the ball straight to the number eight's feet does my head in oh, a little bit I'd tell you one which got my attention the other day and I can't remember which team it was 
A hooker was done for not striking. Uh, Montoya was was done for, for not striking the ball. Oh, we uh, we spoke about it for not actually. lifting his leg. Yeah, I th- I thought that was. Um, I mean, he did actually try and lift lift lift, lift his leg, and I, then he didn't. I don't want to be that guy that's in the stand. Hey, it's the game back in the day. They're not they're chucking it straight in the back. I don't want to be that guy, but it's because I like the confrontation of the front row, yeah. and I want that to be as fair as possible. Yes, exactly right, exactly right. And the fact that the hooker does have to lift his leg is that one little chink in the armour which the other team can take advantage of. Uh, a quick question for you, Jamal, on front row play. Your Alan Shearer celebration, was that premeditated or did you... <laughs> Superman, it was more Superman, wasn't yeah. it? Or did you just do it as you were smashing that guy? <laughs> no, it, it was not premeditated at all. It was just... I still don't even know why my body chose to do that. I don't know. I thought um, you, were, you were appealing for the penalty, right? <laughs> sometimes scrums go your way. Oh, that is a thing. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is a thing. Like you see it, um, you see it more uh, like when loose head goes forward on his side. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of, they, they tend to raise their outside arm and it's like kind of, look at me, look at me. We're, we're smashing them. Yeah. Look at me. I'm still going square kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that just happened as as a as an extension. That's what exactly that, I what I thought. So like you were basically saying to the ref, "Look, we are on top here," and then that just developed into, "Yeah, fine, I'll be you know I'll be Alan Shearer for five minutes." The, the thing that made that for me, <laughs> Jamal, was the total the total calm nonchalant face with with the arm extended. <laughs> yeah, just dead inside, no emotion. Hundred percent <laughs> doing the job. Yeah. You did, be- you, did you mention to your to your opposite number that you just battered him? Did you, did you say that? <laughs> No, but it's funny because uh, I'm not. I, I don't actually. I, we have like mutual friends, but I've, I've not really um, spoken to him. But um, BT put it in their like uh, funny moments of 2021 yeah, he, or something. Yeah, he did. Um, so I like quote tweeted it and just did an eyes emoji. But then uh, Joycey is a good friend of mine and then also a good friend of Jake's at Bristol. Um, tagged him in it oh, just nice. to try and stir the pot. Yeah. <laughs> but. But there's no there's no beef there's no uh, there's no Carl Ferns beef on Twitter. Sounds like there's some beef, mate. So. Sounds pretty beefy to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so sorry. So who so who was the opposition prop? Uh, what's his name? Jake Walmore. Yeah. J- yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you've been on the record a few times hate, uh, about your hate for Jake <laughs> Walmore. So I must have felt, <laughs> that, that must have felt particularly good. Yeah, and that, and now it's started. Yeah, the beef is is there. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you'll have to go to cool. Bristol to f- play them next, won't you? So, uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you got any message for Jake Wilmore now? <laughs> oh, you got this platform. I, I look forward to a clean, fair contest. Yeah, classic Jamal. How much chat yeah. goes on in the game, Jamal? I suppose it depends if you're playing Joe Marler or not, but um, aside from him. Um, yeah, not, I mean, from from my perspective not a lot really um unless unless there's like a i tell you what starts it off is when a scrum goes down and the other guy is like pointing at the at the touch judge going oh look at him you don't want to scram blah blah, blah. <laughs> um, and, that, and that that's probably that that's what triggers the chat yeah um, and then you know you get revved up and boom in the next one or something do you treat um, it with absolute but yeah like, there's, there's, there's not like a huge amount of chat most of the time it's uh it's, it's just a nice break in play where we can just lean on each other and get some breath back. Do you know, Sale did something this weekend, which I really don't like. I really don't like it. Now, in their engagement process, the hooker shouts Sale. 
So I've seen this at, at amateur clubs. I've never seen it in the pro game. Mm. Do, do you know? Uh, do you know what I mean? It's cringe, isn't it? Yeah, it's like second row is in, sail, engage, something like that. It's something <laughs> like that. We had it. It's, yeah, we had it the other day. I, I've, I've witnessed it in the Isle of Man. Um, Douglas did it, so uh, you know Douglas. Is like, Douglas, engage, and I noticed sail. I tell you a it. good one. Oh, sorry to cut you off. No, no, good. So right. when I was at um, when I was at Bristol, um, what's his name? Plank. Um, Justin what's Harrison. His real name? Harrison. Nah, is a uh, London Irish's uh, scrum coach now. The hooker. Uh, Ross McMillan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross McMillan. He <laughs> he brought in this this because he was doing the scrums at the time as well uh, when I was at Bristol, and he brought in this calling system. But basically, on the. Uh, on the crouch, obviously you you as a front three, <laughs> you kind of want to crouch at the same yeah, time, yeah. right? Um, so normally, like a, a, a pack, uh, you know, they might call sail or sink or whatever. I don't know where he got it from that he introduced horse, horse, <laughs> a horse. So on, so it'd be like when the when the ref would call crouch. Obviously, we'd be there, and then to coordinate it, we'd all say horse. At the horse. <laughs> brilliant. I still get every time I see him now. I still get into him like that. Horse is actually better than shouting the, the name of the club. Did you? But I, all the, I suppose the nature of the scrum working is everyone has to hundred percent buy in. It must be hard to give a hundred percent of yourself to the call of horse. Yeah. <laughs> it was one. It was one of those where it's like. Yeah, you you go along with it because because he's he's leading it. Did he ever just? Did he ever? Like, did anyone ever say uh, why horse? Was there a reason why? I, I honestly can't remember the reason. Yeah, so if I but, if I was that coach and I'd come up with horse and someone said um, why are we do this coach, I'd say something like, "You don't know, you prick," and then just you know just, like, just leave it. Just assume everyone knows. Make it an environment that that no one wants to question you. Wow. That's a... Now, let's just go through some other old school things, which uh, let's see if you've done these things. Have you ever done jumping in a circle with your uh, forward mates? <laughs> jumping in a circle? Jumping, jumping in a circle. What, what's this? This is an old school scrummaging thing. Very old school. So you get in a big circle, like all eight of you, and you all bind up in a circle facing in, as if you're doing a team talk. And you go through the engagement process, uh, and you all crouch together, and then you all jump up together <laughs> to get all of your timings right. <laughs> I do know what you're on about now. Yeah, bind, uh, crouch. Uh, with the, what was the old calls? It was bind. Oh, what were the old ones? Crouch, touch, crouch, pause, engage. Crouch, yeah. b- crouch, bind, engage. Back yeah, in the day, or whatever. So on the engage, you've all got to jump. You've all got to jump up, and then you go in the scrum machine and you try and coordinate your drive. Uh, yeah. what, what about the, um, the 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 oldest school thing ever? Which I fortunately never did this. Even my by the even by the time I was playing we never did this but it was when people used to if you imagine your fists sort of near your ear yeah so you're in sort of like a flexed flex bicep position yeah you're in a bodybuilding contest bodybuilding contest and then Mm. you then you circle your shoulders yeah uh, uh, doing doing shoulder rolls did you still do old school shoulder rolls no it's the classic to get the shoulders going that's time and tested oh i I've, i've never done that I'll no, give you one, right, which will blow your mind, right? Blow your mind. So as a pack, this is in Colwyn Bay now, right? They made us run round the 
the pitches. Uh, I can't remember if it was youth team or maybe very early first team days. And we had to run whilst being bound up. So I'd have to hold you and you'd have to hold the player next to you. And everyone, you basically got to bind, but then go for a jog. Um, <laughs> not in scrimmaging positions, but upright. But you've all got to, and you've got to bring yourself, you know, be a team, be really close. And here's the test to see if we were, <laughs> if we were bound close enough. They would just drop rugby balls randomly um, into this huddle. So you'd have to be bound. So the next man would have to be close enough to you that the ball couldn't hit the ground. Does that make sense? Like you're playing that... Um, do you like that? Oh, the, the one where the downfall, where you pull, downfall, out, yeah, the you pull out a little straw and the marbles fall a- down. Exactly. So you've got to sort of run around holding your mates, but then pull them really close so these balls don't fucking drop. And what's the coaching point there? I don't know. I have no idea. Stay tight, stay close or something? I've got no idea. Laps and laps There's and laps. One mad thing I remember, so I, I was in I was in a Berkshire, like under 18 to, or under 16 or whatever it was, one of these representative teams. And we had this... Humble brag. Absolutely no, no, no. Because, no, we, we, we were told, this is really special, we've got this, we're very, very lucky to have this coach come over from France. Oh. And uh, this coach over from France getting a bit of experience and we're going to get to do a session with him. And so this this incredible French coach that we got a bit of time with. And what he said is that you have to be telepathic with your teammates. This is what he, he said. <laughs> this is a big French thing we do. So he made us play rugby without a ball. Really? Yeah. No. I'm not joking. No. We had a coach who made us kick um, with our eyes closed. So yeah, we just we could just do it. Well, I don't know what the plan was. The guy was a the guy was a prop, and he's telling me he's phenomenally talented kickers. Yeah, do it with your eyes closed. Ridiculous. I did. We like, actually did a, a a team run the other day. Oh, it was a few weeks back. There was a point where we had like a, a couple of COVID cases, and it was like real bad. Um, well, potentially really bad. Mm-hmm. Turned out it wasn't that bad. But um, we did, I think it was on Monday organisation day. Um, so it's basically just like a, a very low key, just go through the plays. And we actually did that without a ball to to minimise. Uh, oh, contact. wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, if, if that's just kind of like a walkthrough, that, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that doesn't even like need a ball really or a pitch. It's just walking through you, the um, you know you're going to hit up in midfield then we're yeah. going to go this way blah blah but so, that that was an interesting experience. so one of my pet ha- not pet hates but pet annoyances is rugby coaching twitter so people who are like lower league lower level coaches much like myself but take coaching far too like really really too seriously and it's using the pool noodles to enforce social distancing so they had these pool noodles and you couldn't come any closer than what the pool noodle would allow you to do. Like, grow up. Oh, the coaches have a tough job. Like, um, No, they don't. I'm, no, no, I, no. In the sense I, that it's, it's little things like, um, if this is what you get told, this is what you get taught. If you're with someone who's, um, I don't know, 16 or under or <clears throat> under 18 or whatever, and if you're, one of your players like breaks their arm and it's just snapped in half and it's their arm's hanging off. yeah. yeah. What you're told to do is walk up to them, put your hands behind your back, bend over oh. and say, are you okay? And that's it. That's all you're allowed to do. Yeah. Do you remember when we you're not were... allowed to tap your player yeah. on the back or just go or hold their hand and go, it's all right, the ambulance will be in a minute. You're actually told, don't touch them, yeah. don't say anything. Listen, listen, to, listen to this one, Jamal. Me and Tim were playing third-team rugby 
Uh, and you know you've you've seen me play uh, anyway, anyway anyway we'll, we'll get back on that in a minute because that's uh, something else that i want to talk about but we <laughs> we were playing 13 rugby and this guy goes down with like a dislocated elbow it was a nasty injury wasn't it anyway the game game's abandoned and i'm like i think i've got some painkillers in in my bag i'll i'll, I'll go and grab them now it turns out my painkillers were doing absolutely nothing for his dislocated el- elbow but the response from one of the other guys was so telling about where we are now in our, now in the world don't give him painkillers. You might be liable. Like, in, in what world are you more bothered about your legal liability to give paracetamol than you are about your mate with his arm hanging off? I just mm. can't. I can't fathom that. <coughs> Different world, mate. Isn't it? Don't move them. You'll be liable. But his arms hurt. Oh yeah. I would just, just uh, Jamal. So, how was JB uh, when, when you watched him play Jamal at the North Dorset Sevens? Go easy on me, mate. Go easy. I was. I was. I was quite surprised. It, it was actually not bad. I mean, like, you could tell that there was, like, you're quite mm, raw. Not raw. Just, there was something a little off. <laughs> but, like, the, you got a decent engine on you. You kept going. Rapid, mate. But yeah. and, and a tight head prop. You, you, you've got to remember that bit. More of a second row. But I can play tight head prop. Yeah, I mean... I, I can't buy into the tight head prop thing. It's easy, isn't it, mate? It's easy. Yeah, it is. It's it easy is easy. He, has, uh, he, he, he is one of those annoying... He's kind of got that Freddie Clark natural strength. He's got that farmer strength, mate. He yeah. does. It's annoying. Yeah, there was a couple of runs, and I was like, oh, this guy is, like, somewhat legit. Like, I thought you were just this... Just did, a mouth. I, I thought you were just a podcast host that like talks, well, talks the game. Most, but... most podcast most... hosts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most people who have a podcast who have not played would fit the bill exactly as you were uh, you uh, as you were describing. Phil's bloody good, isn't he? To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil is. Good. I, I, I was I was impressed. Yeah. Uh, oh. Mind mind you. Uh, the tenth performance was very different to the sevens sevens performance. I'd just like to point out that we won both uh, the North Dorset Veterans Tens and the Sevens. Sevens was the Sevens because I hate Sevens to play. Was one of the best achievements of rugby I think I've, I've, I've ever done because uh, we were so unfancied and we'd only met each other like th- three hours ago. How far did you get in that one again? Won it? Was it one you won the Sevens and the Tens? Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, we. That was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. So we. So we deployed, didn't we? We deployed the strategy. The only thing I know was about Jamal seven, coaching. Yeah, basically, basically the mastermind behind the whole thing. So before yeah. the, before the sevens, right? I deployed the only strategy that I know, which is phone Rob Vickerman. So all of my sevens knowledge. I saw him last week. Actually, he oh, said hello. Oh, right. I forgot to say. Uh, well, likewise. All of my knowledge on sevens is based on a ten-minute conversation with Rob Vickerman. So my question was, how do you play sevens? Go. Uh, and he's just said, put the biggest boys on the wing and put your fastest guys in, in, in the middle. I don't know that's why. That's counterintuitive. I, d- I don't know why they do it, Tim. I have no idea why we do it, but that's exactly what, what we did. So we had big, handsome Matt, a 34-year-old Marine on one end. We had 37-year-old me on, on the other end. And we had all the other boys in between with rapid Hugo. And Hugo got like 10 tries. It just worked a dream. And you don't commit to contact. And that is it. That is all that sevens is. And don't worry about giving up. Yards when you when you have the ball, as long as you keep the ball out of contact. Exactly right. Don't worry about mm-hmm. yards. Your yards are cheap. Do, do you reckon you could have? Do you reckon you could have snuck on Jamal? Or gloss up something mm. to say about that? I think maybe I would have got away with it as long as I didn't pick up an injury. 
Yeah. So you never know. Are you are you allowed to? Are you still restricted from skiing and such like? Don't know. I'm not sure. Is it, is it written in the contract? Yeah, I, I think it might. Be. I think you might want to check that, mate. I think it might be. Yeah, there's a whole list of things you're not. Allowed oh, to come do. on! Imagine how many of your teammates would be off skiing this week with a week off if that mm. if that wasn't the case. I don't know. I think there's a couple that go up into the mountains just for the piss. I think, no? Yeah, upper ski undercover skiing on. Yeah, upper ski is brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. I want to go skiing again. One day, mate. One day we'll be. I'll wait for the world to not be so insane. Yeah, then then we'll do that. Um, Well, if we were, maybe we all get jobs for World Economic Forum. We we could go skiing all all the time. Let's do it. See you in Davos, mate. Uh, Right. So let's do. If if, if we get into bloody World Economic Forum, we're done, mate. Yeah. Let's um, do next week's fixtures, which involve English teams. Uh, well, so Friday, Friday. Let's do it chronologically. I guess We've got two games in both. Have well, you reviewed the Bristol Gloucester game yet? Come on! Oh, we have. Oh, God, come on then! Tell us, tell us more. You tell well, us. Unbelievable victory! It was in London at the the what's it called Stonex Stonex Stadium. Well, okay. Yeah. Why do you think you were able to beat the mighty Saracens? Um. Why do I think? Because I think. I would say because Saracens like us don't have, uh, and, and it's not like some crazy game plan that needs to be worked out. It's very simple, mm. and it's just about. I, I, again, I'd have, I'd have to watch the game. I watched bits of it, but I was on a an unreliable foreign stream that was bit in and out. Um, but it's basically about, I, I'd say it's about two teams being able to stick to their system mm. for the most amount of time. And whoever can do that comes out on top with, a, you know, a bit of luck here and there. I, that I, would be it for the most part. I'd also add that go back a year or definitely before that, and this is exactly one of those games where Gloucester would have gallantly lost, but those that top two inches, you're in a place at the moment where where there's a one-point game it will go your way. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a few games this season where we would have lost. I think, because I think we looked at it at the start of this season. We're like, well, there was like seven games all within a score that yeah. we lost last year. Um, and if you flipped those around, our, you know, our position looks a lot better than, what was it, 11th? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think those those games are just the ones that we're coming out on top of now. Yeah, I, um, I also you know, like, like even something like the you know, the sale game at home. I know we like did our very best to throw that game and only <laughs> won because of a missed kick, but it still is a win that we didn't get last year. Yeah, I, the other thing as well, I think, which has really improved with Gloucester, I just think you're much more comfortable with the fly half which you have now and this is not in, in no way um, a disrespectful take on what Danny Cipriani did because he was really good for a number of years at Gloucester and for whatever reason it is he went elsewhere but I think now that I um, can't remember his name now Adam Hastings Ad, adding ha- um, Ad, um, Adam Hastings has started to, started to settle down he just seems to be the right fit for that team yeah I think I think it was um, I was thinking about the same thing um, hopefully I'm not throwing anyone on the bus but I was thinking about the same thing about last year and what different was and you kind of I kind of thought of it from like the coach's point of view as well and you kind of had 
horses for courses is basically the term I came up with. Yeah. Um, and that maybe we just didn't have the right team, the right playing group for that coaching group. And I think maybe something similar with Tanners that maybe we just didn't have. I think what you're seeing now is what this playing group is supposed to be, or especially the forwards back is, is supposed to be. It's supposed to be this kind of traditional, stereotypical, what you think of a Gloucester back in terms of taking you on up front in the scrum and the mall. And maybe over the last couple of years where it was the emphasis wasn't on that area of the game. It was more on mm. let's see if we can play at our own 22. Yeah. And I'm just not sure that well, was the right. The, the beautiful irony of that, of, of that coaching group matching the playing group now is you, you, it certainly appeared from the outside. I'm sure it wasn't exact, it wasn't like this necessarily, but it certainly appeared like the coaching group were assembled for Danny one <laughs> for Danny Cipriani. Yeah. Um, is his old mate and uh, and old colleagues well, and every single one of those coaches has got a link to Danny Cipriani. Yeah. It's crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Obviously, Don Waldock is a good mate of his. Um, uh, Skivington would have played with him at Wasps. I think. Yeah. Was, was, that, was that right? Yeah, I made yeah, that yeah. Up. Um, Alex King would have known him from Wasps. Yeah. all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a, it's a rich irony. Like I, just well, clearly, it's a great coaching unit, and as you say, with with, with personnel all on all on the same hymn sheet. And um, does make, does push, make pulling you, in the same direction, it's working. It does make you think, though, doesn't it? I mean, who would have thought that Don Waldock could coach a defence? I, I, I He's unbelievable, by the way. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I just wouldn't have. I just wouldn't have put two and two together. I never would have thought that. Who would have thought that just getting the positional coach from London Irish, who were not a particularly good team at that time, to be a head coach, a gloss would work. I would never have done that. C- clearly, Don Don Waldock is is a real detail um, a, a details man. He also, mm. and what this is what I love, and I don't know how much this comes through when he's coaching, because I can imagine he's much more um, on target and detail driven. But I sat behind him at the Bath game. He is just—he's he's hitting every tackle with his team. He's just—he's intense and he's bouncing around in his seat. Like I've never seen anyone move. The calories he must have burnt just really? sat in his seat. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, can, a, I can imagine that, hundred percent. Because yeah, he gets I, like he he loves like when we do our defensive drills and that he he is not afraid to, you know, be the guy who demonstrates how to do it. Um, yeah, he he still can he still play he's a still bit? very much in that mindset. Is he still in good shape? Can he, can he still play a bit? Uh, well, I think he he's had an issue with his ankle, right? So he had a, an operation on that, so he's um, still rehabbing that. But I mean, I'm sure if he, if he come back from that, it'd be. He, he could easily lace up again. Yeah. So, do do you know his story? Like, how? Because he obviously had loads of trouble trouble with injuries. But I think it's a really interesting the story because he basically had to reinvent how he played. He was a he was a thirteen, and he had an, a pretty much an electric out, outside break. He was doing very well at Wasps, and then I think it was his Achilles that just went snapped. Uh, so mm. he had to reinvent in, entirely how he like how he played. His number one weapon just went away. So you know he's gone through an awful lot in his rugby career to get to where he is now. God, well, it's only when you say those names, it's a really young group, that, isn't it? Isn't it? In coaching terms. But what makes Fair me, play. what always makes me think about those, well, when I think about the Gloucester coaching uh, staff, I think how many more great coaches must be out there. And in the Premiership, they're just not given enough chances. They seem to recycle a lot of the old names. You know, there must be loads of them out there. Loads of them. I mean, you know, look at well, the, I think, like, I was going to say what what's, what uh, Saints did when I was there when they brought in Boyd, 
Um, and I know speaking to the, the coaches there, like they all sing his praises because he came in and was like, admitted like he's like, yeah, I'd, I'm not familiar with the premiership, but I want to bring in guys that are and I want to get the best out of that coaching group. So you look at like the the, the Saints coaches with Dallas, Vesti and, and Ferguson. Mm. That's the same sort of concept as what we've working with here. Apart from here, we've got... Um, Skibbs is is the head guy as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look at the success that Wasps have got with Blackett. I mean, he was just the attack coach, and they've elevated him. Um, I, I, and they I, got him from Rotherham. Yes, exactly right. Um, so I bet there's loads of guys out guys out there, uh, championship or positional coach now, who could step up and be a head guy and be very very successful. I think hunting around for like not to knock Bath too much, but I just can't see how getting a really expensive director of rugby who doesn't seem to be doing that much good stuff at Munster really helps them. They should have just you know, gone down the Skivington route, someone like that. Mind you, they have tried it in fairness. Have, they have. Ha- uh, haven't they? And, you know, Quinns have gone for someone very experienced in Tabai Matson who was at Bath, um, and they tried what you're talking about with Paul Gustard. And Yeah, and actually the Quinns thing is just get rid of, all your coaches and the, whoever was there, oh, sorry, get rid of your head coach and then the four guys underneath them will go and win the premiership. Easy, isn't it? It's, it's chemistry and it's <laughs> it's the alchemy of it and that's, that's what's that's what's really interesting but, yeah, about so it. So I'll just give you another coaching setup, right? So, you know, you're saying, for instance, Boyd isn't a good example of a guy who came and said, look, I've already but got By the way, because it hasn't been confirmed that he's going, but assuming that it is confirmed that he is going back to New Zealand and, and his time's up, just I've just got nothing but nice things to say about that guy. Yeah, he's, he's cool, isn't he? One of the gr- mm. one of the best... People to interview. He's a uh, he's, he's a great I, bloke. He's, he's great just bloke. a I'm really a, good. Like bloke. My my second year at Saints was basically a complete write off with injury, and normally you're just kind of not cast aside. But there's a lot more important things to worry about day to day than someone who's got a long term injury. Mm. And like I, I could go in there and talk to him at um, you know any day, have a good chat, talk about my progression with the injury. Um, all those sorts of things. Um, and yeah, so my I, I said, but I mean, before before probably this year, my most enjoyable year sounds so weird. My most enjoyable year in rugby was probably the year where I played, I think maybe two games the whole season because <laughs> just that that environment that 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 year he came in, um, and that kind of level of transparency and being able to talk with the coaches was. So good, yeah. I would, I only, only, you know, the best words to say about Boydie. And, and that was the playoff year too, wasn't it? They ended up in the playoffs and losing to Saracens. Yeah, so Gloucester and Northampton got to the playoffs that year. So either it would have been I mean, it was... Exeter or Exeter or Saracens that they'd lost to. Obviously, like everyone else does. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, just going back on to coaching that, that dynamics. It's an interesting question. So Boydie obviously kept all those guys involved you know so on and so forth and the question I always ask is is that the right approach when you take over a new team so look at what Steve Borthwick did he basically got rid of everyone everyone just went whether it be players it be coaches if you're not on Steve Borthwick's page then you've got to go and then you look at another approach like Alex Sanderson he's kept absolutely everyone absolutely everyone uh, so you know which way which way do you go because if, if that doesn't work and you keep everyone at some point, you're going to have to start making some changes, which is going to be really, really difficult. So do you just 
take the plunge as soon as you arrive and bring your own people in, or do you try and work out what you have there? It, I don't think there's an easy answer to Steve that. Steve Borthwick did have the benefit of doing it in that season when Saracens yeah. were getting relegated, so he had the luxury of it. And I guess you can say that from the same point of view um, uh, not this season um, with no relegation. However, Alex Anderson's the expectation on him is much greater. And when he came in, they were they were in a league which... Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it didn't have a relegation in it when he came no, in. But the, but, but the, ex- aren't there. the expectations were there, whereas Leicester were bumbling along at the bottom, no expectation. Yeah. And if, if he kept him there along the bottom while he cleaned house, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, if you clean house at sale and then you plummet to, I don't know, 10th uh, or something, yeah. you're going to you're gonna have to answer, they- answer questions. Whereas with Baldwin, there was no danger, was there? They were already the worst team in the Premiership, and now they're the best. Yeah, Sale have got issues though, but um, but but back to, um, to back to Gloucester at Saracens. What what will the um, what will the bus journey be like on the way back from a from a game like that these days? Do you still, but the boys still get to enjoy it. Yeah, there's still a few beers. There's, there's a few card games and you know big speaker system. It's not. Um, th- this is the thing. People seem to think that. that rugby's changed over the years it hasn't it's just gone you know more underground you just have to be smart with uh yeah with what you do um so that yeah that'll very much still be enjoyed and obviously going into the week off um i know there's uh, a few guys making day two as well so oh good i do get really really jealous i used to anyway i have not been there for a while now but back in the normal days um I used to be able to walk around the tunnel at Sail Sharks during, during a match day, which is really cool. And you saw all the slabs of beer and the pizzas getting ordered in interchange room. I thought, yeah, that 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 looks awesome. Particularly for the away team. Like if you went to the, I mean, not many people win at the AJ Bell, but if you were lucky enough to go to the AJ Bell and win, then uh, the you know a, a bus journey back with a few few sla- uh, sla- slabs of beer and a belly full of dominoes sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, to the point that a lot of teams quite often just swerved going up to the for the post match meal and straight on the bus and out of there oh so, or indeed when saracens came up there's about six saracens outside waiting uh, wanting to go to um wanting to go into manchester uh i, I if i hadn't had child seats in the car i offered owen farrell a lift into manchester but i couldn't do it because if, uh, if was i child, was child if i was a younger rugby player like a rugby player before you know married and kids and all of that I honestly, I honestly think that Sale Sharks would be the perfect place because you could go out in Manchester and no one would know who the hell you are. Yeah. You used to have an awesome night with the boys. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be great. And it's a great night out. Yeah. Uh, ask Carl Ferns about his night out on um, Deansgate Lock. <laughs> I, know, a, I know all about that. It's a tremendous that. story. Yes, I know all about Is that. Is that one for after the pod? Uh... Tweet him, and I bet you'll he'll probably tell you. He'll probably openly <laughs> tell you about it. Ask, there's a tweet that he put up not so long ago. It must be a couple of years actually. And Dean's get locked and being. Do you remember when? It, oh, when it, oh, we got emptied of water. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he tweeted, "I wonder if they found. I wonder if they found all the phones that the bouncers th- threw in the lock that night." <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. There would have been a lot of incriminating evidence <laughs> of quite a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, several rugby players, including Carl uh, Ferns. By the way, who were all innocent, all completely innocent in that frack off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun little podcast day. Right, <coughs> I, let's, let's not review the games. Let's just say some of the English teams will win, some of them will lose. Well, uh, well do, do you know what? We, could, we can rattle through it. Jamal's got a week off. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to worry himself with, uh, 
with Cardiff versus Harlequins, eight pm. I'll have a listen. Who, who, oh, okay. Come on then. Let's do it. Let's do it then. Let's, let's rattle through. So we've got two games on Friday night. Um, I'll be at Cardiff for Cardiff v Harlequins. Oh, do you know what you can do? What you can go to Vale CrossFit. Uh, oh, I'm Barry, fr- uh, fr- yeah. friend of the pod, Lauren Smith, and a and a fellow of opened a new CrossFit gym. Yeah, Vale CrossFit. So there you go. Go, go, go there. Um, I don't like talking about this, but I did. Uh, um, squat clean 117.5 but I don't want this to be about me so please carry on <laughs> I, can you do a proper muscle um, muscle up can I of course I can ring not on the rings yeah no. not on the rings I think it's technique though because I can get three or four out on the bar yeah I just thought I have you yeah of course I can mate I'm an athlete I thought I'd uh, bring him back down though <laughs> by just asking him something he can't do yeah um, probably the ring ones yeah uh, so Cardiff v Huck Quinns we'll just, I'll just see that one going in Paul B um, Card- Do you know? I really hope Cardiff get get a win. I think they've been one of the stories of the of the competition, and now they've got all their players back. Uh, give me Cardiff. I think Cardiff are going to give them a real good run for their money. Cardiff. Right, I'll go. Coin- Is Dan Fish playing? The legend. I don't think he is. I think he's gone back into retirement. Yeah, I think he's retired again now. But if they make the final, I bet you'll come back. Uh, I've got no hope if he's not. If Dan yeah. Fish plays, they're winning. Uh, Impressing about Dan Fish. That's very good. Uh, I, I caught a glimpse of it when they played at Harlequins, and it was it was it, they put up a hell of a fight. Oh uh, yeah. Well, the, yeah, I, I got a lot of lot of time for that. We managed to interview um, uh, Rowan Jenkins, who was the loose head. Was he loose head? Yeah, loose head for Aberavon one week, and then loose head for Cardiff against Toulouse the next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's uh, it's quite a tall order. That one. Yeah. And fair play to him, he tried to convince the ref that it was Toulouse that were wrong in the scrum. I, 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 quite, uh, I quite like that. And the, the other game on Friday night, and in Paul B, is Cast v Munster. The, I've got to say, with this weekend's games, the, the games that are interesting are really interesting. There's a lot of games that I'm, <clears throat> are harder to mm-hmm. be excited about, that, that being one of them, Cast v Munster. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, one of those teams will win, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, on to Saturday, and you've got um, one PM kickoff: Wasps versus Toulouse. Toulouse, I'd expect. Yeah, you'd expect so. Uh, two games at three fifteen: Os- Ospreys v Racing. Racing. Racing and Connacht v Leicester. Tough place to go. That I think that's going to be Connacht victory. Hmm. No, I think Leicester. Connacht put up on a hell of a fight at Welford Road. They did, and they're a good team. They're well coached. They're well drilled, organised. Leicester won't know that much about them, even though they've played them once. Give, actually, that's not true, is it? Because they have played them once, and they are very details-driven. Uh, no, I'm going to change my mind. Leicester are going to shade that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and then you've got a 3.15, that was, that's the 3.15 kickoffs, uh, and then five, two 5.30 kickoffs, Exeter-Glasgow. That's a really interesting game. I think Exeter come out firing for this, because after what happened up in Scotston, they're going to want revenge, and yeah. Uh, that, I would not be surprised if that's a big exit to win. Uh, what was the... Um, I noticed a little video of an Edinburgh winger who was playing with a little water bottle down his shorts. Um, I can't remember the name of the winger now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway. um, yeah give me Exeter for that one. And La Rochelle Bath. Oh, that's going to be a good game. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, well, Bath have won a game now, haven't they? They're on, they're on the winning streak. They won by an, a couple of points against 14-man Worcester. You're correct. 
Yeah. Are they going to win in La Rochelle? No. I think they are. I mean, if you can beat Worcester at six ways, you can beat La Rochelle at La Rochelle, can't, can't you? And oh, the, no, at the rack it was. It was at the rack. And the eight o'clock kickoff is Bristol Stad. That'll be cool. That's a very cool game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Hope If Bristol have everyone back, it's um, it could be competitive. Yeah, cool. I'll go for Bristol. Uh, on to Sunday, and you've got Leinster-Montpellier. Leinster. Northampton-Ulster. Good game. That is good oh, game. I might go and watch that. I might actually go and watch that in person. So give me Northampton. All right. Uh, and then, oh, I've just realised I'm, I'm, yes, I'm working the Exeter game as well. Awesome. That is it. Um, and uh, Claremont Sale. Sale. <laughs> and Bordeaux what? Scarlets. Bordeaux, I guess. Guess so. Got no idea what Scarlets look like. I couldn't name their team if, even if you asked me to. And that, that is either. your Champions Cup. And keep an eye out this week for word from EPCR oh. on what happened to the well, pa- cancelled games. One last question. Anthony Watson is definitely leaving Bath now. And we've not spoke about that. So just very quickly, where do you think he'll go? Both of you. Um, uh, Saracens, I've heard, isn't it? Is that what you've heard? Take that yeah. to the bank, Saracens. That, I think... That's definitely not inside info. I've got no idea, but I have heard how, I've heard Saracens. I've heard Wasps would be the one. Do you know, I think um, it's going to be a very... It's going to be a bit of an eye-opener for, for Anthony Watson because I don't think many people need wingers. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes for a pay cut to win something. Because he's getting to that age now, he needs to win something. Well, he's going to have to take a pay cut anyway because and I think the, one of the reasons he's leaving is because, well, the, the salary cap is pinching. And also, if you know you're not going to have a player for at least a third of the games, maybe more, Yeah, and a winger at, with that, is is a luxury at a high price. You're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong at all. So I don't know where he's going to end up. I can't see a, na- a natural fit for him, as Sa- good as he is. Saracens would be good. That'd be good. Oh, my word. Uh, yeah, and just watching Saracens say, honestly, honestly, he is a, he is here for a pay cut. It's completely <laughs> legit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah? That'd be cool. Um, Jamal, what are you doing with your week off, then? It's more just more League of Legends, I think. Well, I just, I just actually, I do need to do some sort of training because uh, obviously I had uh, COVID last week. So, so did I, um, mate. Have you got it's the horrible? No. Yeah. Did you get the? So I was. There was a couple of days where I was really quite ill. It didn't feel nice at all. I've had flu and it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was, it was, un, it was unpleasant enough. But the the worst bit about it now is I have. It's it's affected my smell and taste. Not in as much as I cannot smell and taste, but I have. Um, I can't describe it. It's almost like a constant smell of almost like burning or rotting meat, which everything tastes of as well. That's reassuring. Yeah. So it's turned um, it's turned eating into just a pure. It's, this might actually be a really good thing for me. And I might actually finally get rid of that little love handle bit I got because it's turned eating into a purely functional exercise. Now it's it's just about fuel, not about enjoyment. Yeah, I, I didn't have any uh, major. I just had a sore throat. That was about it. It was all pretty much gone in a day. But... Oh, you got the good. You got. I I didn't get the sore. I got throat the good one. COVID. Yeah, I got the bad COVID. I had the bad COVID. I got I, the, I got the flu. The fluy in chills and fever for I got COVID. A tiny bit of chills. I, the the predominant thing I did was sleep. Five days sleeping. Wake up. Watch a box set. Go back to bed. It was actually one of the more pleasant diseases that that, that, I've, that I've had. I kept forgetting to take the. Sulpadine and or paracetamol and stuff. Well, well, I mean, you recovered pretty quickly, didn't didn't you? Because of the ivermectin. But um... (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, it's, it, well, it's it's good you're back, and it's and it's good that it worked. Yeah, correct. Um, what well, I had whatever Joe Rogan had. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I was okay. So you, you're. What training are you going to do then? Will that be club orientated, or do you, are you just kind of left to your own devices? Uh, no, yeah, they give us a couple of things to do, um, but I, I mean, I'll have to. Go, I'm going into the club tomorrow for a review of the uh, heart and lungs to make sure they're still running properly, ah. and then um, I'll do some uh, some light stuff to kind of like a HIA return thing, kind of just to build back into it to make sure that you don't suddenly keel over midway through the week or something oh, so, so what are they, do mm. they are they getting you on those one of those little vo2 max measuring things while you're on a treadmill one of those little mouth face masks no i don't think it's that that deep i think it's just a, a meeting with the doc and a general chit chat nice um yeah and then hopefully it all goes well and i haven't lost too much fitness in a week of eating chocolate so it's just feeling a, sorry for myself. A bit of bench, few arm curls, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. It's ideal. Bit of, a few minutes in the hot tub, and you're back to match fitness. Yeah, easy, easy. I, I once played, uh, once worked at a game at Worcester, and I can't remember who they were playing. But it doesn't really matter because all all I remember is I was walking through the the the, the training area, walking through, and Donna Crow Callahan. We're talking an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and a half before a game. Donna Crow-Canahan is, is spread out in the hot tub in Worcester. He was, he was starting that day. Was it? And he was in the hot tub. I don't think that's a bad way to prepare, actually, is it? Nice and limber. He says he has a good half-hour soak before... I can see why you do in that. ...in the late, latter years of his career, just to loosen Yeah, some people up. do that, yeah. Nice. Oh, the life of a rugby player, eh? It's not bad. OK, let's, um, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Where can we find you, Jamal? Yeah, what and where you... can we watch you or hear you or, or just spectate you playing League of Legends or such? Oh, I don't do much streaming anymore, oh. just because it's. Uh, I it wasn't good for the sleep schedule. I was up till about three o'clock all the time. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, Jay Ford Rob on everything, on that everything, all platforms, and what uh, all social medias, including uh, extreme right wing new ones that are promoted by Trump. I'll be on that. Ah, I, I'm I'm on there now, actually. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not, but I knew you would. I knew you would have a go. On. Yeah. What's I, it called? What's the latest one called? Getter. Getter. I only do it to follow Courtney Laws. Yeah. It's Courtney on it. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bants. Uh, Jamal. Yeah, Jake called Rob on all things. Thank you for your time. Yeah, um, thank I, you for I, having me. I'm really cool. pleased how well it's going. Um. How, how well things are going. I'm, I've I've taken no pleasure in our sarcastic jokes in years gone by about will this be Gloucester's year. Um, this may well be Gloucester's year. I think it might be. Don't don't say that. Edit that. Out. I'll take that. I'll take that out. I'll take that out. Yeah. Uh, Jamal. Uh, until the next time, mate. Crack him. Ciao. Take care, mate. Jamal Ford Robinson. Uh, He's JB. Let me just uh, remind you that we are patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com with your emails and stuff. Uh, Phil will be back off holiday soon. Uh, And in the meantime, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.